And we are back. We're back. Episode 12, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God, episode 12. We have a whole new look all over again. We do. Well, it's not a whole new look. It's like a 20% new look because we got new chairs. Yes. Um, <clears throat> episode 11, we had some comments that people said we look like we were too far apart. And I do think that we are still kind of far apart, but we don't have to look around the bookcases or the microphones or anything like the bookcase singular because there's only one of them. Right. But we're not doing this, trying to see each other. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, change the cameras a little bit, change the lights a little bit. Got your print hung up back there, which we posted to our uh, personal Instagram. Yeah. Although I think now would be a great time to post something to the new To Be Better Instagram yeah, that is for the podcast. Little back behind the scenes. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go to uh, how do I do this? I don't tech. You're doing better than I am. Um, if I hold it down, will it video? Maybe. Let's find out. Is it working? It is. Do you have any topics that you would like to discuss today? No, you put me on the spot and I'm uncomfortable. Oh, it's funny how that works. Episode 12. She doesn't know what to do with herself. Getting <laughs> way close on that face. <laughs> Wait. You nose flare? Oh, yeah, look at that. Human tricks, stupid human <laughs> tricks, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> um, <laughs> all right, I'll finish that in a little bit. Okay. So we are uh, gonna. We have so much. A lot. We have so much. So we're still, <clears throat> we're still probably 185 to 200 emails backlogged, which is good because we get to cherry pick now, which I'm excited about. Um, I was able to go through and delete emails that I didn't think were was really relevant to anything. Uh, we are going to try to do two to three emails today. We do have other topics we want to discuss, but I want to talk about a couple of other house cleaning things real quick. Um, Ooh, that could be a separate segment. House cleaning? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now, trying to figure out how to move forward with a lot of things. So we have, we did create the new Instagram because there's a lot of um, talk about TikTok being banned. And in the event that TikTok gets banned, where the people who use TikTok video format going to go other than YouTube right. or Instagram? And we're already on YouTube, so we created the Instagram so that if people would like to interact with us moving forward in the event that TikTok gets banned, that's where we'll be. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a whole lot of thoughts on that whole process, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, we are looking at multiple segments. We're looking at creating separate YouTube channels that do not... Um, involve relationships yeah we've contemplated doing blogs uh you want to do like a murder mystery thing we've talked about doing tv show conversations movie reviews movie reviews just things that are not relationships so that we can continue to do this every single day and not have to worry about content coming in from emails mm -hmm. excuse me i'm very like verpy verpy it's been that way since we worked out this morning yeah. um <clears throat> but we also have other things that we're working on that is relationship based in terms of doing shorter segments that are top topic specific so mm -hmm. that we're not actually e reading emails. Um, we have, which we really need to sit down and figure out how we're going to do that. Cause that's been like two weeks on the back burner. We have so much to figure out. And right. work out on. Um, I also mm -hmm. think that there might be a time in the near future that we set up a, a Android phone that I don't use for anything other than posting TikToks to um, have it set on both of us so that we can go live while we're recording the podcast. Um, <clears throat> we are also doing premieres on YouTube now for when the podcast release on Mondays at 9am where I actually sit down and interact in the comment sections with people, which is a lot of fun for me. Mm -hmm. Patreon is up to almost 180 people. So Shut that, up. yeah, that community is growing big time. You know, I was thinking about that community this morning. People join things like that because they want to feel like they're a part of something, mm -hmm. you know, 
I go back and forth with somebody in the Patreon group on TikTok before we even started it. So there are people who have access to us because they were there from the beginning that right. nobody else is going to get. Mm-hmm. Monster Slayer is one of those people. Yeah. Vomit Girl is one of those people. <clears throat> yeah. And I was going back and forth with Vomit Girl and she's sending me something. I'm really excited about it. It's a little gnome. <laughs> but I was thinking like, this is now something that she gets to look forward to. Everybody in Patreon looks forward to the lives yeah, because Fridays. we all converse and we bounce off ideas and we support each other. Yep. People want to feel like they're part of something. If you are going through life right now and you feel like you have nobody in your corner, go join the Patreon. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel so much better about yourself. There are people there who will genuinely care about you, genuinely care about you. If you don't have family, you don't talk to all of your friends have deserted you. You're depressed. You don't talk to anybody. You go to work and you go home and that's it. Join the Patreon. It's $10 a month. You have people you can speak with, people you can get genuine opinions from, and no one's going to bash you for anything. They are all very minded, sweet, open-minded, sweet people. And it's 15 if you want to actually see the live streams on Fridays. Mm -hmm. Um, We are talking about live streams on YouTube now as well. And I don't know how that's going to work work out. We were supposed to figure that out today. And when you brought that up to me, I thought you meant like, let's do them on Thursdays. So I put it in Patreon and everyone was like, we would love that. There's a lot of people that can't watch Friday nights because of work that would be able to watch on Thursdays. So <clears throat> I, I don't know. In order, we talked about it a little bit while we were doing cardio at the park. If we did, if we did, that picture looks so good. I'm we, glad you get to look at the it. detail in that shifter. Like you can see all the cracks in the rubber from the shifter because it's like that car's from the 40s or 50s. Yeah. I just, anyways, um, that's going to be a big distraction for me. I think. <clears throat> anyways, the um, I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh. We were talking at the park about YouTube. If we got up and did our workout and we were done, you know, did all of our morning shit and we're done by 1130 and sat down to record, which is what time it is now. It's 1140. Um, And we recorded from 1130 to 630. That would Mm -hmm. give us seven hours to do a podcast and a sideshow. Right. Or two of the smaller videos or whatever. Mm -hmm. We could then rest from 630 to eight, have dinner, play around, whatever we want to do. And then go live on Thursdays from 8 to 10 or 8 to 9 or however we felt like we wanted to do the lives. Mm-hmm. And that would take up an entire day of recording time, which is that's more than a full time job when you really think about like a day's worth of work. Right. And then we could either work half a day on Friday with recording or take, you know, Friday off to go shoot because that's, you know, we prefer to shoot on days where everyone else is at work in terms of our photography. Right. And then we could work on Saturdays and do that. And then with future things that we've got going on with you getting your, your you have something on your shirt. It's bleach. Well, um, if we can get, you know, moving forward, if, if we're back at work and things are going different with the businesses, then that obviously would interact. Uh, well, it would affect our record time, but not our, our lives because we don't we won't be working that late. But we, we need to sit down and figure that out, too, which is part of the reasons why I need to have a, a FaceTime with AJ, because he's yeah. got to be part of the moderator for the YouTube. So <clears throat> I am going to go back to work. Mm-hmm. So when that renovation's done, Thursdays are not going to be a full recording day anymore. Right. So planning it out, like we're going to record all day and then do a live Thursday night. I mean, that's fa- uh, it's feasible for like the next three weeks. Right. Well, <coughs> it would be different when you're back there um, because we could still record Friday and Saturday. I don't have to get the the, the episode drops Monday. Mm-hmm. So as long as we are done recording episode whatever by Sunday, I have time to edit, get it to AJ for clips and then get it up Monday. Okay. So I'm not so worried about that. I am. I'm more worried about the amount of content we're producing because we record. We've recorded a lot. Last week we recorded four days straight, mm-hmm. and we're backlogged now until the tenth. Today's the second. Um, we've created an extra release for <clears throat> Spotify or for not Spotify, but for the um, streaming services. 
So for people who listen to our podcast instead of watch our podcast, you will be getting extra content on Thursdays moving forward, but it's content that's already been released on YouTube. So it's just an MP3 that you guys can listen to because I know people listen while they're at work Mm -hmm. versus they can't watch it. So um, we have to figure that out. Um, It's a lot. I also think that we talked about this yesterday too. Your tattoo apprenticeship is a dream that I want you to achieve. Right. I don't care if you tattoo for a day or a year, as long as you get the title of tattoo artist. That's my goal for you. I want you to have that so you can say that you accomplished something that you've wanted to do since you were a kid. But in the event that this takes off and it's doing stupid money every month and and we can make this a full-time job, I would love to make this a full-time job because the businesses are running themselves now. We don't really have to be there. And if we could go to work for three hours a day in the morning just to make sure everything is running smooth, collect money, do upgrades, that kind of shit, and then come home and record and then do the kid thing at nighttime, like we could definitely manage our time differently. And I think that it would be beneficial, but that's, that's neither here nor there. This is doing well. Like we, right. we hit 11,000 subscribers already. <clears throat> We're already over 11,000. Yeah. We're at almost 12 at this point. Now I'm curious what the actual number is. Um, you know that uh, we hit, go ahead. I'm sorry. So now I'm reevaluating if I even want to go back and do my apprenticeship. Yeah. We're I mean, at, I mean, what's the point if I'm going to be there for six months full time doing the apprenticeship and then this takes off and I'm tattooing for three hours in the morning? That's not worth it. Well, I didn't. You didn't have to tattoo. I'm just saying, like, we could go in and, and show our faces yeah. and and be present. It's, we're at eleven thousand five hundred and eighty-two. Yeah. <clears throat> and you you doing that finishing your apprenticeship so that if you want to tattoo, you can. It, it it's nice to break up life a little bit. You know what I mean? If it, it, <clears throat> it, we can talk about that off off camera, there's yeah. there's money things that are involved in all that that I don't want to put out there. Um, we hit number two in the U.S. for relationships for our podcast. And we've been in on like Apple. The, yeah, on Apple. Number that's, two. That's the second time we've been in the top ten. Yeah. Well, so we hit number two mm-hmm. uh, because I, I forgot to hit submit on episode 10. So episode 10 and 11 released within three days of each other. And I think because it got so many listens that it bumped us up and then... Uh, episode 12 dropped, or I'm sorry, it was nine and 10. Cause this is episode 12. When episode 11 dropped, we were at number eight yeah. and we were at number nine on Spotify, mm-hmm. which blows my mind because like, it's us, it's us. We're not special. <laughs> no, we're not. We are the same decaying organic matter as everyone else. Like the yeah. fact that people want to hear us talk shit, just blows my mind. Um, do you have anything that you want to talk about before we talk about the topics? I do. Well, what do you mean the topics? Because we have things written down that we like to always get into before we podcast. Oh, well, that's it. I have things written down on my phone and in my notebook. Okay. okay. Before we do that, then I just want to say that I think that moving forward, our podcast format is going to, we're going to try to keep it at three hours. Okay. We get a lot of people that are like, I love the long format. I can listen to it while I'll be clean. Other people are like, I can listen to it over several days. It, people enjoy that. Yeah. And I think um with us doing the clips channel which is on the topic for an aj aj call mm-hmm. um, for those of you who don't know aj is our future director if he ever moves to florida he will be sitting in here while we record our episodes helping to navigate this whole thing and that's that's the goal um <clears throat> i want to do a clips channel so that we can take 30 minute segments and make short clips for youtube that we could even create like a clips podcast channel for to just upload the shorter clips for the people who don't want long podcasts right um, I want to do the first hour of our podcast, just kind of house cleaning, talking about what's relevant in our lives, talking about the topics that we have, pertinent information to, to emails, catch up, that kind of thing. Um, for example, and I'm not going to get crazy in depth. I, I have a friend of mine who's, his name is rooster. Uh, I think it's rooster 2.0 or something like that on TikTok. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
he he texted me the other day. He's one of two people that I've given my cell phone number to on TikTok. First one was the Potheads and then Rooster. Um, That's crazy that those two have your phone <coughs> number, but AJ doesn't. AJ has unfettered access to me mm. because of the the messenger that we use. Yeah. So if he was, he can call me on that if he needed to. But mm. I I don't know. We've just never actually gone that route. He'll have it today when we Facetime. But yeah. Um, I just wish he'd fucking move here. Anyways. Rooster sent me a text message the other morning and was like, hey, man, I know that like we don't talk as a lot. He's like, but I want you to know that you've changed my life. And I'm like, I didn't do anything, dude. Like I, we talk on the Internet. It's I'm you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You don't don't fucking devalue yourself, bro. This is you. He's like, I my wife knew that I was on my way out the door. Like we've talked about it. I was leaving my wife. He's like, our relationship is now better than it's ever been. And he's like, and it's because of you and Chris. And I'm like, well, we didn't do anything. You did the work. Don't downplay that. And I, I'm right. bringing that up because you guys. Put a lot in us. And all we do is provide you with the information. Whether you use the information is two different things. Mm. What were you about to say? That's actually one of my notes in here. So <laughs> I'm like, we're like carpenters of knowledge. <laughs> you know how they have the carpenter belt and they have all their tools on their mm-hmm. belts. Those tools mean nothing to you until you know how to use them. Right. So we are giving you these tools. We are telling you how to use these tools and you're adding them to your own belt to use in your own life. Right. We're doing nothing but giving you the knowledge. You're the one implementing it and taking the action. Right. I agree with that. Um, and, and that's it. I mean, you guys got to do the work. We can tell you till we're blue in the face how to do something, but until you implement it, it doesn't matter if mm-hmm. you know it or not. He then sent me another text message and said, I just spent all of the, the savings that I had for my dream boat on a workout facility for my garage. He bought a whole bunch of gym equipment for him and his wife to start working out. And they're getting up at 4 a.m. every morning and working out together. I love that. He then sent me another text message and said that within the next two weeks, he is reopening his construction business that that went under during COVID. That's amazing. So in the course of 12 episodes, it was a little bit longer for him because I was interacting with him before the podcast. We were just on TikTok. Right. But it was on a personal back and forth text message kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. in 12 weeks, he saved his marriage getting his physical health in order. His wife is getting her physical health in order and he's getting ready to open his business back up. And he, he's crediting all of that to me. And I'm like, no, bro, like I didn't do any of this. This is you. And he's like, you lit a fire under me. He's like, you're motivated. He's like, the way that you talk to your woman is inspirational. He's like, if you can do it, I can do it. <clears throat> and he's doing it. And, and like, it means nothing to me in terms of like his success, but the fact that he's gaining success and he's finding it in his life is fucking incredible to me. And it feels good. Yeah. Like getting those kind of emails. Like we've got it. We, we did get a, um, a message at one point where somebody was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I just ripped up my divorce papers. Yeah. And I'm like, Whoa, that's fucking heavy. Like, and, and you know, we've gotten other ones who was like, Hey, I didn't, you know, I'm getting married. And you know, we have the, the one that we sent the wedding card to. Yeah. We do have people that, that we are invested in their lives and what's going on. We have other people that send me, send us, uh, me, us updates about their therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that are happening that I never thought would have happened before. And people are crediting way too much to us. And as much as I would love to take credit for it and be like, yeah, that's right, bitches. We did that. We didn't. No, we didn't. We really didn't. We are having conversations that benefit you and you guys are doing the work. That takes a lot of accountability Mm -hmm. and like self-awareness. I was about to say, it takes a lot of self-awareness to recognize like you could be the problem. You could be contributing to the problem. You might not be the only problem. You know, if he asks for 30 minutes of decompression after work, and you're jumping on his ass about it, you're the problem in that situation. Yeah. He needs that 30 minutes to transition to home life. Just got to take a step back and be like, you know what, babe? What? Uh, the transition thing is something that we've talked a lot about, and I had a thought, but I want you to finish because it's going to change the subject. It's gone. 
Sorry. That's okay. I smiled and you were like, what? We are getting emails from people who are like, my wife is taking my boots off because of your podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, I fucking love that one, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <clears throat> we also have a friend from New Zealand who's actually become a friend that I correspond yeah. with almost weekly mm-hmm. uh, via email, personal email, not even through the To Be Better email anymore. Um, and the things that are going on in New Zealand, it, for those of you who don't know, New Zealand is a fucking mess right now. They've been hit by an earthquake, two floods, and a hurricane within like a month. And um, major devastation. And I don't watch the news anymore because mm-hmm. I don't have time to watch TV. <laughs> They're not going to be covering that over here anyway. They should. They should cover they that should. over here I because there that. should be relief going over there. And we should be trying to help them. Their country's in fucking shatters. No, they want us focused on Ukraine and Russia. Right. And and that, that was going to be a whole other topic that I was going to start and be like, think about it. And then just end the conversation because yeah. I don't want to get into that. Um, but I have conversations with this dude about his personal life and, and how his his financial um, life is looking with everything. I don't want to give away too much because he's asked me not to put his personal life out there. But um, he is divulging his personal life to me. And we are having conversations like I've known him my entire life. Mm-hmm. We are creating crazy bonds with people. This is just so wild to me. I don't even know what else to say. Like, I, I am totally humbled yeah by all of this i don't i want to say i have any crazy bonds with every anybody there, I, there, I, there aren't people i regularly correspond with like we have the monster slayer and i right, know her life but right but you that's know, more of you know her kid's life you know you know things that are going on like that i i have made it a point to to connect with these people mm-hmm. you, you are close to her you're not close to her the way that i'm close close to the other guy but he's now a moderator in the the um youtube channel mm-hmm so it it's it's evolving. Things are evolving. Um, I I think I think you are. I don't think that I think that with you, and this is purely my opinion, and this this is not something that we pre-recorded or planned to discuss. But I think that you are so reserved, and and not wanting to put yourself out there a whole lot because our time is so limited that you mm-hmm. don't want to feel like you're taking on more, and you don't want to have people having unfettered access to you because in the event that we are doing something and something tragic happens or something like somebody needs you, you're going to feel obligated to want to help them. No, it's not even that. I, these people that you've been corresponding with those two dudes and like even the other two from TikTok, that was before the podcast started. Yeah. So that's genuine friendship. At this point, I feel like if I start connecting with people, it's because I'm a therapist. Right. I get that. Yeah. It makes a whole lot of sense. I feel like you're not reaching out to me for genuine friendship. You're reaching out to me because you can benefit from me. Right. I get that. I actually didn't think about that, but I get that. Yeah. I I don't want to be known as this is the person I talk to when I have problems. You should go talk to her. No, thank you. That actually makes a lot of sense. And I didn't think about that because you're right. Um, the, the guy that's in New Zealand started from our lives on TikTok. Mm Mm-hmm. AJ reached out to us because of the podcast wanting to work with us. And I've created a very good bond with him. Yeah. If I could afford to move him to Florida right now, I absolutely would just spend that money. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Um, That's just not an option for the size of the family and the animals and all that shit for him. But Um, all right. So what else do you got? Cause let's, let's knock out some of this before we get into emails. So in here I have, so this is just a random statistic you said that I wrote it down. It blew my mind. One in three men have not had sex in a year. Yep. Whatever the reason. That stat actually said one in three men under the age of 30 are either virgins or have not had sex in a year. That's crazy. Yep. 
that's really sad to think about. Mm-hmm. That, that's just, that blows my mind. That was it. You just, just blown away by that. Yeah. Stat, so you had to share one it. in three, Yeah. one in three men. There are billions of men on this planet. Mm-hmm. If this is just a statistic in America, ooh, my hair just fell. Well, if you want to look at it as one in three, uh, in terms of the planet, there's 8 billion people now. Right. So one in three would be almost 3 billion people. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) So there's 8 billion people in the world on the planet. Half of those are women. So I guess those numbers don't actually work, but it's actually, I think like 52 or 53% are women. Either way, that's just a crazy statistic to me. Mm -hmm. I came across a comment on TikTok where, uh, not a comment, it was a video where a woman said I was the perfect wife (laughs) and she listed off all of these things that she did (laughs) that made her the perfect wife and her husband still cheated on her. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, were you his version of what a perfect wife would be, or were you putting forward what you thought the perfect wife would be? Right. So if you think what makes you the perfect wife is you're cleaning the house and you're doing all the kids' school functions and you're doing the laundry and you're going to all of his social meetings, but you yell at him every time he has a negative feeling or you throw his past in his face or you tell him you're a pussy, you're not the perfect wife. Right. He would take you being emotionally supportive and understanding and his safety and the peace in his life and hire a maid. Right. You're not wrong. Like, the things that women attribute to being the perfect housewife absolutely blows my mind. You gonna tell the rest of that story of how that played out? I commented something. You, you commented and was but like, I, how was your communication? And oh, she yeah. fucking deleted and blocked you. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> so you listed all these things. She said like I was a perfect, <clears throat> what, Stepford wife or whatever yeah. it was. I don't, I don't know the term. But no, she said it, so I'm recalling. She said, I did all of these things and did not hit communication once right. in her list of perfect things for the perfect wife. And I was like, you know, you listed all these things saying you're a perfect wife, but where were your communication skills? How did you guys handle arguments? Were you throwing his past in his face? Delete. Block. She deleted all of it, yeah. <laughs> I already hit the carpenter of knowledge. So I started reading Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Yep. <clears throat> I am like three pages into that. And I'm already making notes out of it. Right. Yeah. I saw you highlighting earlier. <laughs> so the point, there's a point in the book where they're talking about, they just had a newborn baby and they're arguing. And in the middle of their argument, he turns to walk away from her and she says, you're a fair weathered friend. And she's crying. And he was like, what, what did you just say? And he said that during this argument, and she said that he recognized if she was happy or nice, he was loving and showed affection. If she was unhappy or upset, he would feel blamed and then argue and distance himself. Right. Feel blamed was one of the biggest things in that sentence for me. If you are upset at your husband, not even upset your husband, if something in your life frustrated you, scratch what I just said. If something in your life is frustrating you and you're trying to vent to your husband and he's feeling like you are blaming him for the frustration that happened in your life and he had no part of it, he is going to distance himself. Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. And if there's trauma there, he'll probably disassociate from the conversation. Right. And then I wrote down a quote that he had is, I marveled at how easy it was for me to support her when I was shown the way. You have to show somebody how to love you properly. Right. Yeah, these conversations are necessary. That's it. And it blew my mind that that's just not common knowledge. You can't expect somebody to read your mind. If you're frustrated and you need a hug, you need to tell your partner, when I'm frustrated, just hug me. Right. It's going to calm me. Don't try to talk to me. I'm just going to try to argue points. Just hold me. 
That's what you say when you're in your logical state of mind, because when you become emotional, you're not going to be able to articulate what you need because you're just frustrated right. or you're angry. And your initial reaction is be defensive, attack and blame. Why are you staring at me like that? Because <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with all that. I have okay. nothing to add to that. Um, <clears throat> that actually ties into the very first thing on my page, Yeah, which was kind of wild that that's how you ended. <clears throat> I wrote down, um, it is easier to get your partner to accept blame or responsibility if you role model that behavior. Mm-hmm. So if you're in an argument and you want your partner to apologize, you need to take the accountability for what you've done wrong and start that apology process. You are not going to resolve conflict and conflict. So mm-hmm. if you can negate the conflict from ever happening by going, look, I realize that I did this and I'm sorry. I didn't, I wasn't thinking things through. I didn't think that it was going to affect you the way that it did. Or I just didn't think before I spoke, I was emotional. I was hurt, whatever. And I'm sorry. I don't want to make you feel that way. You're now taking accountability you're taking responsibility mm-hmm. and now you are apologizing. So you've validated, taken accountability, responsibility, and, and, you know, apologized. The natural thing to do when you do that for somebody is for them to follow suit. Because when you start an argument, you get an argument. Mm-hmm. If you start with an apology, you'll get an apology. Well, that you should get an apology. Right. If I- they are somebody who... Even though you apologized, okay, you're apologizing, but you still did X, Y, and Z. You should still feel like shit. Right. Well, and that's that's somebody that wants your partner to hurt. That's I, yeah. We don't talk about that. So, like, if you have a shitty partner and that's... that's we can't help you. Right. That's not how this goes. So, mm-hmm. when we make these generalized statements, if our generalized statements bother you guys, it, you need to reflect on your life and figure out why it bothers you. If you chose a shitty partner, that's not our fault. If you have somebody who's responsible, who actually loves you and doesn't want to hurt you, everything that we talk about applies. Mm -hmm. So in that scenario, in the event that we were arguing, if you stopped the argument to apologize for your behavior, I'm going to do the exact same thing. I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to fight with you. I want our, our scenario to be as peaceful as possible. Sometimes I have to be the one to apologize first. It's fine. I don't, I don't, it's, it doesn't hurt me to be the bigger person. Mm -hmm. The, the end result is the resolution of conflict and us having a good night together. Um, and on your topic, in the event that you are having a conversation with your partner and you are intentionally saying things to hurt them, you need to ask yourself, why do you want to hurt someone you claim to love? Why are you okay with that? That's a very real concern. You Mm -hmm. should never be okay with hurting someone that you claim to love. Yeah. Kind of ties in the next point. It says, uh, at one point you saw your partner as a solution to a lot of your issues and now you see them as a lot of your problems. Why is that? And that's a very broad question Mm -hmm. for people who are in the roommate phase or people who are having major conflict with their partner. And you can look at all the superficial things because they don't throw their laundry in the laundry basket. They don't do the dishes when the dishes need to be done. They wait for me to do X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. All of those things come down to communication. If Mm -hmm. your communication is not there, those things are going to be happening. And if you're not willing to communicate that you need help, well, they see it. They should know better. Right. No, that's not how that works. Especially if you've fallen into a roommate phase where everyone has jobs that are assumed versus assigned. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our expectations laid out because we know which jobs are which persons. And in the event that somebody falls behind, we step up to help out if it's asked or if we realize that it's needed. But if we never had those and you always did the dishes and I always did the laundry, I'm not doing the dishes. I'm doing the laundry. That's my job. And mm-hmm. I just assume that's the way it's going to be. And if you get mad at me because I'm not helping with the dishes, well, I'm not getting mad at you because you're not helping with the laundry. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing my job and I assume you're doing yours, I don't understand what the problem is. Right. It's a lack of communication. So that was, I thought, a pretty good point. Um, Before you move on, you said 
they were the solution to your problems. Now they're all your, they're all of your problems. Right. I wanted to add on to that point. It could be deep rooted issues. Like something happened in the past that caused a big tense moment for them, whatever it was, lying, going behind the back, spending money without asking, whatever. When you guys resolve that argument and you forgave that person, you can't hold resentment for that in the next five years. Right. Should we talk about forgiveness? I'm big on that quote today. Yeah. Yeah. If you you forgive people for you, Mm -hmm. the people that hurt you don't give a fuck that they hurt you. It could be five years from now. They're not thinking about you. Right. And you holding that grudge and that resentment and hate and the things that you're going through, they're not thinking about that. You are holding on to something that no one else in the world gives a fuck about Mm -hmm. other than you. You forgive for you. So if you have a scenario where you're with someone still and they hurt you, you have to forgive them. Because they're living their life. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about what happened in the past. They're thinking about what's going forward while you're holding on to this. You're poisoning yourself and your relationship if that's the case. Yeah. I I want that shit on a Mm t-shirt. I have quoted that thing probably 40 times in the last three days. I even posted it to my Facebook. Yeah, you did. Um, Because I'm I'm one of those people that will, I will remember a slight, even a small one forever. And I may never bring it up. But when I need to, to call on that that frustration and that hurt to motivate me to do something because I'm the person that uses everything negative to push me, um, I can just grab that chip off my shoulder and eat it for some energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's you know extra extra carbs. It's like a little caffeine pill with some ephedrine. <laughs> <clears throat> but that works for me. But I realize that there are people that when people bring up in conversation in my head, I go fuck that person. Yeah. I don't I don't want to do that anymore. When people bring that person, I'm like yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, I'm at that point. I, I, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to benefit me to continue harboring. Now, does that mean that I'm going to bring these people back into my life? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If, if I got bit by a rabid dog, I'm not trying to catch, capture it and make it a pet. You know what I mean? Like, I know better. <clears throat> but I'm not holding on the hatred that I was holding anymore. I'm just, I just don't have it in me. Mm-hmm. The other one says, if your house is dirty or things aren't done to your standard, how do you react? And it says react, not respond. For those of you who don't know, there is a difference. Um, are you angry, bitter, or demanding? If you are, um, sorry, if you are loving to your family, do you think it would be viewed in a more positive light? So in a scenario where something's not getting done to your standard, but it's getting done, would you rather say thank you for, for doing that? Or would you rather start a fight because it's not done the way you wanted it done? Mm-hmm. Because that's where control and nagging starts right. for both men and women. Because I know some people, well, men do it too. Universal. Let's get, let's stop doing that, guys. Right. It, it, it should be common <clears throat> sense that if it can apply to one human being, it can apply across the board. Right. So let's take the folding towel thing because this is one of the stupidest arguments people have. Mm-hmm. In the event that I have folded towels the way I fold them my entire life, 42 years on the planet, you're almost 30. So in your almost 30 years, you fold towels a different way. It's the way our mom has taught us. Mm-hmm. So we were taught to fold towels by a woman. So you can't say, well, that's a woman's thing. Um, and you were, to, and I was to fold them and put them away. And you were to be like, hey, babe, thanks for doing laundry. I really appreciate you, you doing that. Do you think that you're going to get a better response from me and we're going to have a better evening and be like, I hate it when you fold the fucking towels like that? How do you think that that scenario is going to play out? And, and I'm asking the internet more right. than I'm asking you because we don't do that. Well, I'm actually going to pop in here. I hate the way you put my pants away. Well, my workout pants. Really? Yeah, but I've never said anything because it doesn't matter. Right. It's, it's a, my preference. But with, I, I don't know if you can, you see the white stripes? I do. So when I fold these, I fold them like thinner. That way I can see the stripes and just know what color it is. I don't have to have them fold in a giant block. Okay. 
But it's something I don't bring up because it doesn't matter. When you go out of your way to help me with the laundry, knowing that's my job to do, why would I bitch at you and say you're folding my pants wrong? You need to do better next time. Right. Th- that's exactly the point. Right. And I've never said it until now. And you- I had no idea. Right. Because it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. That- Going forward, it still doesn't matter that my pants are put away in the drawer where they belong. It doesn't matter how they're folded. Yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly it. And I, and I didn't know that was ever a thing. And if you ever showed me, like if you were like, here we go. Mm-hmm. This is real life um, problem solution. I didn't know that. Right. But it's not a problem. For right. Me. But the next time we're doing laundry mm-hmm. and I'm helping you put laundry away, if you have a pair of those, if you go, hey, babe, check this out. And you show me mm-hmm. this is the way that I like my pants folded because I can now see these and I know that that's the colors I want. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like mental note. I'm going to do this and she's going to give me an attaboy later. I may get some. Some, yum, <laughs> some some yummy or something. You know what I mean? And you're only willing to do that because I've never bitched about it. And right. every time you put laundry away, I'm like, babe, thanks. You've helped me so much. Right. And 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 like, it's like the hanger thing. Mm-hmm. I try. It doesn't happen, but I try to actively remember when I'm not in a hurry to move my hangers over. Right. So like today, I absolutely did not do that mm-hmm. because we were in a hurry to get in here after our showers to get recording. But I know later when I go in there to change my clothes, if I change my clothes, I just grab those and move them over. Yeah. You don't bitch about the fact that I don't move them because it only takes you a second to do your little your little process. But knowing that it does help you, I can hear that. Knowing that it does help you, I do take the extra second a lot of the time to remember to do that. And I don't have to. Right, you don't. But it, I do it because I know that it makes your life a little bit easier. And that comes down to you being <laughs> polite about it. Right. If you were to be like, I fucking told you over and over and over again to move your hangers when you take your shirt off, I'd be like, fuck you. Who do you think you're talking to? Right. I, I don't have to do that. Yeah. I can do my own laundry. I'm an adult. You know what I mean? Like that could create a whole nasty back and forth from us that would never be a thing. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, people want to say that not bitching about something. If you slip up and I don't say anything, and when you do do it, I congratulate that. That's kitty gloves. It's positive reinforcement. Right. We give children positive reinforcement because when they, for example, say the alphabet correctly, you want them to do it correctly right. again. And when they mess up, you're not going to be like, you dumb fuck of a kid. How did you not know there was right. an X there? Right. Now, let's 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 apply that logic to women getting dolled up mm-hmm. and their men not complimenting them. Yeah. Same energy. Yeah. Exact same energy. Like, oh, I'm supposed to compliment you because you got dressed today. Oh, no, no, no. That's kitty gloves. Right. Yeah. Right. It only applies when it's their negative argument. Right. Not when it's their negative argument that needs to be corrected. Mm-hmm. That was a whole fucking minefield for me just now i just got a little heated i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) that's good though like when you really look at that situation that really applies across the board and people don't look at that yeah they would rather argue and fight and that comes down to that that statement do you think you would be viewed in a more positive light if i came home from work Mm -hmm. and you had a bad day and i'm like hey babe i'm home i'm gonna go jump in the shower real quick and you're like yeah whatever and i come out and i'm like wait a minute are you what happened you're like yeah. fucking kids did this and the refrigerator's leaking and and I asked you yesterday to empty the garage and you didn't do it and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to go okay okay I'm going to go do all that now and I'm going to get it done and the whole time I'm doing it I'm going to be stewing because of the way that you talked to me when I walked in the door. Right. So then I'm going to go take a shower and then I'm going to sit down on the couch and try to decompress still frustrated I'm sure because of the conversation that just had because it's the only interaction that I've had with my wife all day. And then our entire evening is going to go downhill because I'm going to be frustrated. You've been frustrated all day mm-hmm. and we're frustrated with each other. Same scenario. I come home and I'm like, hey, babe, uh, how was your day? You know, whatever. I'm going to go take a shower. And you're like, you want to know what I would hit you with? What? 
well, first you would come home. Hey, babe, how are you? Be like, I'm okay. How was your day? That would right. be the first thing I ask you. Right. You tell me how your day was. I'm so glad you had a good day. I had a really hard day today. When you're done showering, I need help. Yeah. That would be it. I'm not going to give you a long laundry list of what went wrong today, how the kids were misbehaving, whatever. I need help. That's the bottom line. Right. In that scenario, this this really is not at all how I thought this podcast was going to go. Um, in that scenario, mm-hmm. I would be like, okay, um, I, I'm going to quickly shower then. Mm-hmm. And then I would come out of the shower and be like, all right, what do you need me to do? Because in my head, the way that you said that sounds like you have things that you need me to help you with in the house. Mm-hmm. That's how my brain immediately took that. So I'd be like, dope, shower, come back out. What's up? Because you weren't like, I need to talk to you. You did this wrong. You mm-hmm. said, I need help. Yeah. Dope. What do you need me to do? Now we're having a conversation of what I can help with around the house and it's not in a negative manner. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with our relationship. There's no anxiety if we need to talk or your tone towards me. Mm-hmm. It is a recognition that something needs to be taken care of and I'm the guy to take care of it. It's yeah. my, my duty. That positive light when I come home the next day and I'm like, hey, babe, how was your day? And if you had a bad day again and you hit me with that same energy, we are not going to fight. Mm-hmm. we're going to resolve what's going on as we're working through the evening trying to get shit accomplished. And I'm going to look forward to coming home every day because I know that when I walk through the door, you're going to greet me with, with I love you or mm-hmm. positive intimacy or um, non-combative energy. I don't right. even know how to word that. Just love. There's no, <clears throat> just because I had a bad day while you were at work, you did nothing. You done absolutely nothing wrong with my day. Right. My day is my problem. When you come home, I am not going to be shitty towards you just because my day was wrong. Right. That doesn't make sense to me. No, I get that. So. It's no different than men who have a bad day at work and bring that shit home and shit on their women. Right. To be fair. Yeah, no, it's, it's still unacceptable. Right. You leave that shit at work. If you come home, if you're a man, you come home, you had a hard day at work. You greet your wife, ask her how her day was yep. before you say you had a shitty one. If you just hit her with, I had a shitty day, she's like, okay, damn, well, what about me? I had a good, pretty good day. I wanted right. to, I was excited to tell you things. Yeah. So if you ask her, how was your day? She's going to give you all this positive energy. It might calm you down a it little bit. It absolutely will. It absolutely will. Right. So she had a great day. The woman you love is having fun. She's good energy. It's going to calm you down a little bit. Then yeah. you can just say, I had a rough day. I need to jump in the shower real quick. Just calm myself down. That's all you have to say. She's going to be like, okay, babe, love you. Kiss you. Go do what you're going to do. You're going to come out of the shower. You're going to feel a little bit better. And then you can say, hey, when you have a second, I just, I need a vent. Right. I had a hard day today. I want to cuddle on the couch. Yep. Yep. You know that having that positive back and forth and knowing that your partner supports you and is not going to judge you in those moments, in the event that I have a bad day and I need to vent, mm-hmm. I can call you on the way home, but I don't ever go, guess what so-and-so just did. Yeah. It's always, hey, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Are you busy? Do you got a minute? You know, I need to make sure that you're not in the middle of something. I'm not trying to fucking unload on you if you're in the middle of doing something. How was your day? I, I need to know where your mental state is before I unload on you because I don't want to just fucking dump my problems on you if you're also having a bad day. Right, like you just unloaded <clears throat> on me and my grandma died five minutes ago. Right, but in the you event... You have no idea. Right, right. And you can't assume that everything in the world is okay just because they're at home. Right. But it, that initial two to three minute conversation then leads into a 45 minute phone call while I'm driving home from wherever I'm at. By the time I get home, I'm not frustrated anymore. Yeah. And that changes the entire um, feel of our evening. And what could have been a very silent dinner and me going to bed early because I'm fucking pissed off and I haven't figured out how I'm going to work through whatever my problem is. Mm -hmm. We now have time on the couch, watching TV, holding your feet, maybe eat a pint of ice cream before we go to sleep, whatever the case may be. Like we have a very good evening that way. Yeah. 
And that comes down to just being able to know that you are not going to be met with negative resistance all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you are the person that is constantly hitting people with negative resistance, you are going to to reap what you sow in that scenario. It's going to get to the point where your man's going to have a problem. He's not going to talk to you Mm -hmm. or your woman Um, or your people aren't going to want to come home. Or if they do come home, they're not going to want to talk about it because, for example, men are fixers. Mm -hmm. We know that. We've talked about that at length. In the event that you came to me and didn't say, I just need to vent. And everything that you came at, I offered solutions to your problems. You're going to get frustrated with that. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to know you just need to get it out of your head? Sometimes just hearing yourself speak is enough. It's like that for everyone. Yeah. But men are fixers. You go to any man, man to man, it doesn't matter. If you bring a problem to a man, he's like, all right, puzzle. Let's solve this. You know, um, And it's important to remember those things. Before you move on, I want to touch on that phone call where you can have that 45-minute phone call, come home and be more relaxed because you had a conversation. You don't call me for frivolous things. Right. So I don't care what I'm doing. I could be in the car. I could be overwhelmed listening to whatever I'm listening to calm myself down. I could I could, I could be in a state of mind where I don't want to talk to anybody on the phone because I'm in the car trying to calm myself down. If you call me, I'm answering. Right. I'm going to put myself in an uncomfortable position because in that moment, I know you're calling me for a you reason. Have a reason. Yeah. Um, I could be at home cleaning. There was a time you called me, you were out doing something, whatever it was, and you were frustrated you called me. I was on my knees scrubbing the shower on the floor on the phone with you, listening to you, because I knew that you needed to vent in that moment. Mm-hmm. It would have been a completely different day if I was like, I know you're frustrated. I'm cleaning the floor. I can't handle this right now. You just need to vent to me when you get home. Right. In that moment, you would feel less of a priority to me. You're going to feel like I really don't care about your feelings. And when you get home, you're not going to want to talk about it. Anymore. I would not. I would not divulge anything when I walked in the door. Yeah. I, I would just bottle that up. You know, I'm busy. You know, I'm in the middle of something. Yep. Yeah. I would have bottled that up 100%. Yeah. Um, Sometimes that damn, phone call is needed. That is a very good point. I, I am also a firm believer in if your partner calls out, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You answer the phone. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you're standing in line checking out groceries. Oh, yeah. You answer the phone. Mm-hmm. because that could be a paramedic on your cell phone calling somebody because you were in an accident. Yeah. You always, always, always answer that phone mm-hmm. when your partner's thing pops up. So I, I'm very good about taking shorthand notes because I know it'll trigger my memory. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down, coward, drama, pity, poor me. And I have no idea what it was, but luckily past me is looking out for future me because I actually made notes to be clear, <laughs> which never happens. When you look at my notebook, there are phrases written down because I know it's going to trigger that thought process. I actually, I think I recall that moment where you like, you wrote these things down. You're like, I'm not going to remember this. <laughs> I remember that moment. I wrote, if your partner has become so used to conflict at home, do you believe that they will want to be there or be the best version of themselves when they are there? Hmm. I, I had no punctuation there and yeah. it's very scribbly written down because I thought it was going to jog my memory and it didn't, but it did reading not. it did. Yeah. So back to the other thing where it comes to the positive and negative home front in the event that I had to come home and knowing that you were going to be negative and knowing that there was going to be conflict, you were never going to get the best version of me. Right. You are going to get the version of me that is overly defensive. Mm-hmm. And this applies to anyone who gets into an argument and finds their partner constantly on the defensive. It could be a trauma response. It could be something you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to, I'm going to be overly defensive. Uh, in the event that you ask me to do something, I'm going to hem and haw about it Yeah. because why should I want to do something to somebody who's always nasty to me versus having a positive partner? Who's like, Hey, when you get a minute, can you go vacuum my car? But yeah, babe, I got you. Cause I'm happy because you treat me right. And because there's no conflict and, and everything is positive in the home. 
And I know there's going to be people like, well, I tried the positivity thing and it didn't work for him. Well, there's either a deeper issue there that you're not acknowledging and you think everything is okay and you haven't talked to your partner because you don't know how to communicate and you believe that everything is okay, or you just got a shitty partner. And if you've been with this person for years, do you really think that they're just a shitty partner? Or do you think there's really an issue there that you haven't figured out what's going on yet and they're not comfortable enough to talk to you about it because of the way that you act, react, or treat them? Mm-hmm. Yep. When you give your partner the best version of yourself, you will almost always get the best version of them. Yeah. And if that best version of them does not meet the best version of you and you are still not happy, it's because you've got the wrong partner. Yep. I agree with that statement. You can have the most amazing person on the planet and you two not mesh. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't mean that just because you two don't work doesn't mean that one of you are bad or a piece of shit. It could just come down to you didn't set your boundaries. Mm-hmm. You haven't learned to communicate with each other and things are falling the fuck apart. And, and you guys are just kind of letting it go, hoping that things are going to magically mend themselves. Yeah. A wound will heal itself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get a body piercing for a clean, clean person, for a normal clean person that's not mud wrestling and being disgusting... You cannot do anything to that piercing and it will heal. Right. If you get a cat scratch, are you putting rubbing alcohol and peroxide on it 15 times a day and scrubbing it with antibacterial soap and fucking steel wool and trying to make sure that your shit is just absolutely impeccable? No, because your body's going to heal itself. Your relationship is not going to fucking heal itself. It's going to need some band-aids. It's going to need some ointments. It's going to need some like wound care. Right. And that Mm -hmm. wound care is your communication. Ooh, that's Mm -hmm. good. That's good. Yeah. Communication is the wound care of, of relationships. I like that. Yep. I don't have anything else on this. I mean, I have a lot. My notebook is almost full. It's almost time to get another one of those. Yeah. But um, I need to get uh, a website update from Tim. I know that he started working on it. In the event that the website gets done, um, we are creating PDF documents for download. And we've already put a book list together. Um, we have the PDFs going for the book, the recommended reading. Um, we have created the check-in PDF. Uh, we have a kids check in PDF. We are working on communication bullet points on a PDF. When the website is finished and the To Be Better website is active and available, we will what? It's dead. The charger will plug in behind you, and I will get up and get that while you're iterating your point. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when that li- goes live, we will have a link section on the podcast section of the website where you can download all these things so that you can print them out or save them to your computer or phones that when you go to engage with your partner, you have physical tools that you can like, okay, we're going to have the check-in. Here are the Mm -hmm. parameters of the check-in and you can have that laid out ahead of time. Yeah, Having that is going to aid you a lot easier when you get frustrated because now you have physical paper. Mm -hmm. You're not going to just forget. Yeah, you're not going to have to sit there and try to recollect things in an emotional state of mind. Trying to wreck something. Giggity. All right. I'm going to get the iPhone charger while you. Okay. (laughs) God damn. You can't just fucking hit me with that and then walk away and tell me to speak. But I did. I'm going to have to wait until you come back. I'm too flustered. I was thinking there has to be one more thing. I mean, there's a bunch of things I've written down in here, but within the last seven days, I made a note. Starting conversations off with a negative undertone. Got an example? An example is... You you don't start a conversation off with, I need to tell you something, or we need to talk, you won the lottery. <laughs> you don't do that. Right. <laughs> so when you go, we need to talk later, you're not going to tell them happy birthday. Right. You're setting up the conversation to already be negative, so they're already planning ways to defend themselves. They're picking apart everything that probably happened in the last month 
defending themselves on subjects you're not even going to bring up. Like, right. Oh, yeah, they absolutely will. Yeah. And anybody that has anxiety, when you hit them with, I need to talk to you later, it's going to create a very negative mindset for them. And most of the time, they'll be like, no, we need to talk now. Like, you can't do that to me. Oh, yeah. Because now I'm going to be sitting here all day going, oh, my God, what did I do? Are mm-hmm. we ending? Yeah, you absolutely should never start a conversation with, we need to talk. And if your partner is not with you and you need to talk to them, set an alarm on your phone. Mm-hmm. Talk to so-and-so at 8 p.m. And let it go off and be like, oh, hey, I wanted to tell you blah, 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 blah. Right. You don't even have to start with the conversation with we need to talk at that point. You've reminded yourself that you need to talk to mm-hmm. them. And unless there's actually a negative undertone to what's happening, you won't start the conversation that way. Right. So you needing to talk to them. If it is a negative, they haven't dwelled on it all day long. You haven't dwelled on it all day long. You're starting kind of fresh. Mm-hmm. And in the event that you both have a really dope day and you come home at the end of the shift and like you guys have had conversation and things are going good, your negative undertone that may have happened at noon may not seem so negative now and you may just have a normal conversation. Right. Yep. It's also, I also think it's important to point out that if you, like say the negative experience happened, you've been dwelling on it, you figured out how you feel about it and you're just anxiety ridden and you know talking to them is going to make you feel better. You do not initiate that conversation when you know they're in a meeting at work. Right. Just because you are having a tumultuous inner dialogue and you're panicking and you, you think the light, the world's ending does not mean then you go and make your partner's life a mess because you feel like you're a mess because of how you're feeling. Right. I agree with that. Timing matters. Mm-hmm. Timing absolutely matters. You're going to get a frustrated person if you're blowing their shit up while they're in a meeting or if they're yeah. they're at work, you know, measuring shit out and doing math in their head. Like you, you have to you guys just have to be smart. Mm-hmm. I can't even call it common sense. Like you have to pick and choose your battles. and You got to pick and choose when you're going to have your battles. Yeah. And I don't care what the scenario is. Picking your battle over the Internet and having a text conversation with your partner is the wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. If we know for a fact that 70 to 80 percent of communication is nonverbal and you are texting they are missing 70 to 80% of the conversation. Yep. That's huge. Mm-hmm. So you are not getting your point across. You are going to make things so much worse. Yep. Don't do that. Don't do that. We've done that a couple of times. And I'm like, we can't do this over text message. Like mm-hmm. I, this is starting to get elevated or uh, this is starting to escalate. We need to have this conversation when I get home. And, and, and it normally is never a bad thing. Yeah. And normally you're like, this is, I'm not meaning any of the shitty. And I'm like, that's how I'm taking it though, because I can't read your body language. I can't hear your tone or inflection. I'll just talk to you when you get home. It's yeah. not a big deal. And then we come home and you're like, oh, that was it? Yeah. yeah. I also think when it comes to texting, when <clears throat> you, there are certain people who will text just to be super shitty. Like there's always underlining, undertone, yeah, implied, passive aggressive and text message. So when you've experienced that for a set amount of time like that, the main person you're communicating to is passive aggressive and text messaging. That is how you are going to see every text message until proven otherwise. Yep. You are not wrong. So in an instance where I send you like for you brought up the example of me saying that's not what I meant at all. I sent you a text message. Looking back, I can see now how you could see the passive aggressiveness in it. When I sent it, I didn't mean it at all. Right. Do I think I don't, I don't I'm not saying it's a stretch for that to be to have been perceived as passive aggressive. I just didn't have that perception of it. Right. But you um if you sent something that that doesn't look passive aggressive and you have to look back and be like, okay, I could see how that could be taken that way. Mm-hmm. That means that something that I was going through in the moment made it that way. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Here, perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I can't even remember what I was going through the day. 
we had a day where I sent you a text message and you replied with wow and I called you immediately. Oh, I, I remember what it was. I left the shop to get food. Right. You showed up at the shop and I was driving so I didn't see any of your text messages and you were like, where are you? I'm getting ready to leave. You're not here. I guess I'm leaving now. Right. I, I don't, but right. But there was something else happening in my life at that moment um, and I was waiting to talk to you and I was trying to talk to you face to face. But it was something about the build out, I think. Right. Something happened. Yeah. And I was fucking fuming like angry, angry about what was going on. And you hit me with that. Wow. And I called you immediately. I'm like, what was that? I was like, we don't do that to each other. I was like, I, I, I was being very cordial in the text messages. I waited for you at the shop. You weren't there. You weren't responding to my text messages. So I left, I'm going to go get food. And you were like, your text messages came across super shitty. And I'm like, they didn't mean I, that's just the way you took it. Right. But the way that but, I said, wow, I was taken aback. I was like, wow. Right. And then when we started talking, it yeah. was because of the way that I was feeling because of something else that was happening. And because even though it wasn't you, mm-hmm. the way that I worded my text messages had that hint of frustration. And we almost had a huge blowout over it. Yeah. And as soon as I explained to you what was going on, you're like, okay, this makes so much more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with either one of us. And that's why we don't have conversations over right. text messages. Nothing, nothing of an importance. Absolutely not. You can't hear <clears throat> tone inflection. You can't hear... Like, I, I can tell when you are frustrated by your voice. Yeah. So if you were to call Am me... Am I really that easy to read? <laughs> I, for me, you are. Yeah. I live with you. Yeah. <laughs> so when you call me and you're like, how's your day going? I can tell by your tone of voice, your inflection, how you're feeling. Right. So if you're super frustrated, I'm just like, okay, what's going on with you? <laughs> and then you unload. I'm like, okay, so I'm so glad we did this on a phone call right. or we did this in person. Yeah, because there are things that you do say jokingly when I know in person it's joking because of ter- your tone. Right. And then when you're frustrated, it's but in text message, you can't tell anything. Right. Yeah. Yep. Stop having deep, meaningful conversations through text message or at least trying to correct them. You can have deep, like in-depth getting to know somebody over text message, like picking their brain at 3 a.m., but don't have tense conversations right but that, if, if you're trying to get to know someone mm-hmm. at 3 a.m and you're having conversations via text message it's very different than conflict starting because yeah. of that you're it's lustful puppy play like you're right. not really i just feel like i had to clarify that i actually disagree with that too though why is that because i don't think that the important conversation should be had via text message i think the the meaningless conversation what's your favorite color you know what I mean? Like the dumb shit should be had in text messages. I would much rather learn about who you are as a person at dinner. I want to look at you. I want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I want I want you to divulge your soul to me in a way that you've never talked to another human being because I am that fucking invested in you. And I can't get that from you on a text message. Yeah. When we're driving and you've got your arm tucked underneath of my arm and and we are literally walking like you know sitting elbow to elbow like we're walking down an aisle together and we are having the dumbest conversations and you are being completely vulnerable in you those conversations will always trump everything else because we are it's intimate yeah but we're together for that and there's a physical connection there it's not a digital fucking nonsense what i'm going to cry <laughs> you guys he loves me <laughs> This is becoming a regular occurrence. AJ needs to make a clip of you crying. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my God. Is this my Kim Kardashian moment? <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't want that. But I mean, if this is how I get it, I'm okay with that too. <sighs> I mean, like her crying meme, not the sex tape. I don't know anything to about clarify. any of that. To so. clarify. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, like this is what you just said is the shit that women dream about that their husband would do for them. Like recognize those little intimate moments. Men recognize that shit. Right. They don't verbalize it though. Right. Because it gets thrown in our face or we're told we're stupid or that's cheesy or we get laughed at. That's even, terrible. even if it is a uncomfortable, um, I do that. I have an uncomfortable laugh. Yeah. All the time. And you're like, why are you laughing at me? And I'm like, I'm not. That was just super cute. You know what I mean? But I also make you feel uncomfortable. So. You do. You really do sometimes. I'm so sorry. I'm but, trying to dial it but back. But in, in those moments, if if I did what I just did and you giggled at me, mm-hmm. I would feel foolish. Yeah. And I would never do it again because you made me feel like a child or you made me feel foolish or stupid or whatever, however men feel when they feel that way. That's how I feel when you laugh at me sometimes. I, I, like that nervous chuckle thing. It's ner- I don't know what to do. I know. Like, I'm just letting you know like that in right. those moments, I get it. Like right. that I, I can for I can see right. how me reacting in that situation would make you be like, damn. Right. Yeah, I get it. So that's why a lot of men don't divulge that shit or they have and they've had that reaction from people and, and that's, you know, the way that they perceive their vulnerability moving forward is going to be treated that way. Do you need a minute? My headphones are hurting my ears. Do you want your loans back? No. I have hair in my eye. I'm just going through yeah, it. Yeah, I can you see that. You made me really emotional. You're so sweet. You're my emotional safety and you love me. And this fucking hair is still in my eye. Just narrated that whole thing. I know. I'm going through it. You're just going to have to take the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Logically. <laughs> oh, my God. I just had a whole thought process. So I was like, you're just going to have to take the eye. And I was like, finally, my my dream of having an eye patch. And I was like, no, I have to wear glasses. I was like, I can just black out the one lens. And I was like, no, a monocle. <laughs> Oh. Okay, I don't remember what we were doing. That was a lot. Yeah, we were getting ready to get into emails. Oh, fantastic. We were pretty close to the hour mark, too. Where are we at? Yeah, we're at an hour. Oh, but I have yeah. to clip some of that, so it'll be probably 57 to 58 minutes. Yeah, I can't say anything inappropriate, I guess. Okay, so we're starting with the BPD? Uh, whatever one is at the very end. Okay. So, guys, we we are so backlogged on emails that we have gone through and cherry-picked some to read, and now we're cherry-picking the ones that we cherry-picked. And um, there's like 35 emails in the to-be-read, and there's like 145-plus mm-hmm. in the waiting to be screened. Wow. We are so far behind on emails. And we st- we're, still get- we're still receiving yeah. emails. Yeah. yeah, we've received four of them already today. So this one is labeled BPD. Mm-hmm. I have to mentally prepare myself for this. BPD is not an easy thing for me to talk okay. about. Can I start by just saying I think you are both amazing. It's a good blunt, start. Very good start. That's, is, that's yeah. a great start. That is a really good start. The blunt no bullshit responses <clears throat> you give are a breath of fresh air. Too many of us are afraid to have an opinion on anything nowadays. It makes you what you guys doing. It makes what you guys are doing even more important. You know, I used to not say my opinions right. because I was worried of the backlash and being judged and shunned out from certain social groups and appearing as a bad person. It's crazy how much all that changes when you realize that you don't give a shit about other people's opinions or oh, yeah. other social groups because I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't care anymore. I, I know who I am as a person. Right. I know the things that I do when I go out of my way to help humanity. I know what I do. Yeah. However, my issue isn't relationship based, although, of course, can impact it. I, like Chris, have BPD. I was diagnosed with it about four years ago and I've experienced its symptoms since I was 13 when I took my very first overdose. 
Like all of us with a, like all of us with this delightful mental health condition, trauma as a child is the cause. My stepdad, who came into my life at one, my biological father was just as shit and never around, was very handy with his fists, beating my mom into bloody pulps because he was feeling upset. He threw boiling hot water from his freshly made pot noodle all over her as I sat beside her. She moved herself so only the tiniest of drops of water hit me while the rest covered her. If I continued on things he did, if I continue on the things he did, as I'm sure you can both see already, I'm writing this email. I'd be writing this email forever. He was just a vile man and my childhood raised me into a dysfunctional, rageful, hateful teenager who was hellbent on hurting myself any way I could. This was how life became for years. Skip to present time, and I'm a 33-year-old mom of two teenage boys, which is a constant battle anyway because their hormones are all over the place. So, of course, I'm experiencing what all parents of teenagers do. However, after a very recent, beginning of November 2022, family incident, life has become even harder and more triggering. I'm finding myself on more low suicidal moods than the erratic highs we can experience. Normally, when everything is normal, as they say, my days are hard, but more varied. My emotions seem to fit whatever scenario I'm in usually. However, now all I feel is anger and pain. I can't go into the reasons, mainly because the idea of typing it all out is too much right now. What am, what am I after and my purpose of all of this random ra rambling is to ask Chris how he deals with his BPD. How do you get to be confident enough to be in a room full of people and not get so ridiculously overwhelmed? I've never been able to do this. What methods or tools did you find that helped you just keep going? So I'm going to address the anger thing first. Okay. <clears throat> anger is a mask. When you find yourself getting angry, there's other emotions there that you are not capable of processing in the moment. So you use anger as your emotion. Mm -hmm. It's usually hurt. To get past whatever's going on. So you need to, when you find yourself actually getting angry, you need to ask yourself why you're getting mad. Mm -hmm. With BPD, that's really hard to do because you have to go from emotional mind to logical mind, but that's, that's, that needs to happen. Um, <clears throat> getting overwhelmed. Uh, can you read that overwhelmed part of thing again? Because I was hung up on the anger thing. You guys, the anger, anger, anger is uh, can be, it can be a, a very useful tool, mm -hmm. but it can also be your downfall. How do you get to be confident enough to be in a room full of people and not get so ridiculously overwhelmed? Um, situational awareness. I know where my exits are. Mm -hmm. I know who the threats in the room are. I, I I have severe PTSD. So like I know what I need to know going into a situation. And if I can't, then the overwhelming thing happens. So in the event that like we're going to a new place that we've never been before, uh, it's through the roof. Mm -hmm. I have to know the exits. So the first thing I do when I walk into anywhere is to find the exits. I know where my exits are. Second thing that I do is look for threats. Um, if I'm familiar with the place then I'm looking at the people immediately to find out if there's threats in the building. Uh, and then I compartmentalize everything else from there in ways that works for me and what works for me may not work for everyone else. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, borderline is one of those things that's unique to everyone too. Like there are things that we experience that is universal, but the way that we experience them are not the same. So you need to, to look into doing some DBT dialectic behavioral therapy. You can look that up on YouTube and, and find channels that will teach you that shit on your own. Um, I'd recommend reading Buddha and the Borderline. That was definitely a good help for me. And then um, 
find somebody that you can trust that you can reach out to when you're going through it to make sure that the emotional response that you're having is the correct emotional response to the situation. Mm -hmm. Because as somebody with borderline, something very small can blow, can blow your entire world up and it's illogical. And you don't know that it's illogical because you you're trusting your emotional response. Somebody else be like, Hey, you're really overreacting. And when you say that to somebody that's overreacting, they're like, no, I'm not. Ah." But when you have somebody that you can trust that you can call, that's telling you that from a place of love and not, you need to calm down. It helps you go from emotional mind to logical mind. Mm -hmm. That's all I got on that one. How were you able to find the strength and determination to battle these demons and make such a successful version of yourself? I knew that I deserved what I have in life. I believe that. Mm -hmm. Everything that I've got right now, I believe I deserved. I believed I deserved the happiness, the love, the success. So even though I have tried to kill myself... I am where I am because I believe that I deserve this happiness and I have it now. Mm-hmm. And like when I was at my lowest low, I would look at all the people that I believe that had the perfect marriages and the perfect love and the perfect families. And I believed I deserved that. And I wasn't going to quit because I deserved to experience that. Yeah. Um, and that came after I actually tried to kill myself, but that's a whole different topic. So I you, am you a- have to find something that you want to strive for and obsess over it. Make it work enjoy that victory, find the next thing and and stay focused. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really all I got on that one. Okay. I am in awe how you hold yourself accountable and don't use your mental health condition as an excuse. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not an excuse. You use your, your, if you use your BPD as an excuse or any of your mental illnesses, unless it's like debilitating, crippling, like Baker acted, you are really going through it. Emotional um, illness. You are using it as a crutch. You are making an active decision to play the pity me card. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in that shit. I don't want anybody to look at me with pity. I don't want somebody to go, oh, you poor baby. Fuck you. I don't want that. I want somebody to look at me like, damn, I can't believe he just accomplished that shit. Mm -hmm. I want to be like him when I grow up. I want people to see me as, as a leader of men. If I was to die tomorrow, the only thing that I want said at my funeral is that he was a good man. And I have people that have, <coughs> I have people who have assured me that they will make sure that when my eulogy is read, that that is included. Mm-hmm. But that's what I want. I want people to go, he was a leader of men. He was a good man. He lived with integrity. He, he did everything he could to help other people while still, still gaining success. He was not um, a piece of shit human being. Like I, I, There's enough of that in the world. I just don't want to be that. Yeah. So because I have my core values in the way that I believe a man is supposed to live, I live by those Mm -hmm. and I can't expect others to do that. That's why I don't believe that society will ever get to a level that I believe it should be because it's so common to be a piece of shit. Yeah, it is. And it's just, people just accept that. I don't accept that. That's why the people that are around me aren't that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give an example. And AJ, I'm sorry if this, if you don't like this, you can cut this out. We talked about giving AJ 20% of everything that we make from the podcast. Mm -hmm. He asked me about creating extra channels to drive revenue. And I'm like, so how does that look for us? Because we have a handshake agreement. Obviously, it's recorded, but we have an agreement based that you get 20% of everything that To Be Better does. Yeah. If you start creating extra channels and using our content to drive revenue and you keep that revenue, that would be a problem for me. He was like, well, I wouldn't do that. He was like, it would get added to whatever we're making. So if you make X amount on YouTube and then X amount on the YouTube shorts and then X amount on the YouTube clips and then X amount on this new 
side stream, mm-hmm. I get 20% of all that bundled together. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's what I needed to hear because that's the right way to go about this because we're, it's ours. Right. He's the director who gets 20%. So in the event that we have other revenue streams that's under the to be a better umbrella, he gets 20%. And if he was trying to get extra revenue and skirt us out of it, I would, I would cut him off. Yeah. I would change all the passwords and tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah. Because I don't live like that. When you have an agreement with somebody, you hold that agreement. Mm-hmm. Integrity means more to me than than any other value in, in people. So, I agree with that. I don't know. I, I, I really wish he'd fucking move down here. Anyways. <clears throat> you own up to your mistakes and learn from them. You soak in every you soak in every one of Chris's suggestions and advice. Your love and adoration is so visibly obvious and it's lovely to witness. You know, there's only been one perfect person that's ever lived in this world. One. And he was crucified. Yeah. I know that I am flawed. Mm-hmm. I am not perfect. I will never be perfect, but I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to progress. I don't want to ever sit stagnant. I don't want to stop growing. I don't want to think in any situation that I know everything that I could know. Where's the enjoyment in that? If, you, if you're a master painter, mm-hmm. Michelangelo went blind painting the Sistine Chapel a work of art that we all love. He sacrificed his entire being. He was physically crippled and blind by the time he was done painting that. He was still learning mm-hmm. that he lived his entire life as a student of knowledge. And as he evolved and grew, he became a master. And then once he mastered something, he found a new way to master it again and change and evolve. And though he gave his entire life for a piece of art that we loved, he spent his entire life learning and yeah. growing and evolving. That's a master. Mm-hmm. That's somebody that is known and will be known throughout history as one of the greatest artists who have ever lived because he never quit learning. He never went, yeah, I'm the fucking best. I got this. That mm-hmm. ego shit kills talent. It does. He's a student of life. I want to be that person. I want to be 95 years old on my deathbed learning new shit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ever just sit stagnant. And because of that mindset and that want to always grow, I don't think that I'll ever just be okay. That's why I said in the other podcast that my biggest sin is greed. I want more, right. not just finances. I want more of everything. I want, mm-hmm. I want my fucking entire world to be flipped upside down because I learned something new that changes my perspective on everything. I'm just not, I'm not closed minded. There's nothing that I am for certain on that I know everything because I don't. And, and even the things that I'm very confident that I know, I know somebody could say something And it would change my entire outlook. And then I have to go back and revamp everything that I thought I knew because I could be wrong. I love moments like that. I do too, because it it makes Mm -hmm. you, it makes you grow. Um, I had a moment like that reading the surrendered wife. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, damn, it's changed a lot of how I perceive myself and just moments like that where it can be implemented into like a relationship. It's just, it's fantastic. Yeah. I have an apprentice um, who will always be an apprentice to me, Mm -hmm. Steve, always. Steve has life experiences that I don't have. Military. It's crazy to hear him talk sometimes. Right. It really is. Sometimes he says shit. I'm like, bro, you need to slow down. Like, I'm not ready for this conversation. Mm -hmm. And we share book knowledge. Steve will always be my my apprentice, my Padawan, no matter what, because he was my tattoo apprentice, my body piercing apprentice. There is things in life that I have mentored him in, and I will always view myself as his mentor. Mm -hmm. He has said shit to me that I have made a mental note of and spent hours on the internet researching because I didn't know it. Or because I thought I knew something. He's like, I don't think that's right. And then I was wrong. He's still going to be the person that I am mentoring in life, but I'm learning from my apprentice. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not arrogant enough to be like, he can't teach me nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take advice from somebody that I'm not willing to change places with, 
which is a different conversation. And we've talked about that and people got really butthurt. Oh, that's a very arrogant thing to say. And that's, that's a poor way to look at life because even people who have failed can teach you shit. If you're not where I want to be, I don't want to cha- change places with you. You don't have things that you can teach me in terms of success because you're yeah. not there. You can teach me how to fail. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can teach me how to not do the things that you did to fail. Right. But I already have success. I've watched other people fail my entire life. I know not to do those things. Say the only thing <clears> I learned from a meth addict is not to do meth. Right. Yeah, it's fucking no brain there. Nothing else I can learn from there. My, my quality of life would degrade. Right. If you switch places with them. I'm good. Yep. My goal in life to, is to be better than I am right now. Yep. <clears throat> and to be clear, there are things that a meth addict could teach you. They could be a carpenter by trade. So you can learn things about carpentry that you would never know. Right, and but that's, I'm not going to learn it while they're on meth. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to associate with them because yeah. I'm not having them ruin my life. And that that's a very different conversation than the point that I was making mm-hmm. in that original video that that got shit on on TikTok. Yeah. But people are, are missing my point and trying to argue theirs. So you can learn from everyone. Right. They could be the best Dan Carpenter in the world. Yep. They're addicted to meth. Yeah. Yep. And would you want them building your house while they're high? Not even that, that their body would be falling apart at that point. I'm already uncomfortable, uncomfortable in my body as is right now. Yep. If I'm missing teeth and I have sores on me, I'm mm, just that aspect alone. You you really are taking that trading places thing. Really? really I am. (laughs) (laughs) I am taking it hardcore. You you want some itchy scabs? Even then, like outside of that, when you're addicted to meth, people aren't going to hire you. They're mm-hmm. going to see that you're under influence. They're going to see the quality of your work. So you right. could be the best damn carpenter <clears throat> in the world. But if you are addicted to something, your quality of work is not going to be where it needs to be for me right. to learn something from you. Right. People will hire them, but they won't last more than a week. As soon as they get the paycheck, they're gone. Yeah. That's what Ian said with his construction business. The mm-hmm. hardest. Well, we, we all agree. Anybody in business will tell you the hardest thing about running a business is the employees. Mm-hmm. Because you're dealing with multiple personalities and you're dealing with, you know, addictions and, and dramas and traumas and all that bullshit. People showing up, whatever. Right. Um, but in the construction industry, it's even worse because they show up looking for their first job, clean and cut, because they haven't had any money to get high. And the moment they get their check, they're gone for three days and showing up late and all fucked up on Damn. the job sites. And it's very common. So. Yep. Is that the end of that one? No. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I do try to do all of this, too. But for the life of me, I can't hold on to anything. I can't hold on. I I tried to do all of this, but for the life of me, can't hold on to doing it because it won't be long before I'm back feeling or doing the problem again. I've never been violent towards another person because of it. However, recently I have lost my temper and found myself hitting things around me. I have not done this since my younger years, way before being diagnosed and becoming a mom. I feel like I'm slowly slipping back into the bro- old broken me and I'm terrified. So it's time to do some work on yourself. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to that. And you need to take accountability. The decisions that you're making to do that is a decision that you're making. It may be impulsive, but you are still making the decision to do it. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to that. You know, I would never want to be viewed like that. Right. The guy that punches holes in the wall. I, I just, mm-hmm. I'm not that guy. No. Like, so the only <clears throat> example that comes to my mind when it comes to your impulsiveness with your BPD is buying cars. Yeah. That's really only the, when I, when I hear of impulsiveness and I think of you, I think of cars. Yeah. But even then you verbalize those. A lot of the times you don't go through with buying no, a car. No, I, I don't. But that's one of your impulses of, I need an instant gratification. I want to go get a car. Well, and there's, so there's actually, do you want to talk about that? 
Do you, do you want to at all or do you want me to I just... mean, that's up to you. It's your life. You can talk about it. I'll, I well, mean, no, we I, converse. I, I meant in terms of the podcast. Like, do you want me to just kind of listen to that and skip over it? Or do you want me to actually divulge that? Because there's a lot more to the car thing than just the impulsiveness. Well, I was just bringing up the impulsiveness of it because okay. she, it, it, it's an active choice. So if in the moment you want to do something impulsively, it's a choice. Right. You have the choice to do the thing or you don't. So in regards to impulsiveness... You have the option to buy a car whenever you want to. You have the credit for it. Right. And, the, and the, yeah, the means as well. Right. You have, you can do it anytime <clears throat> you want to. But in that moment of impulsiveness, you do take that step back and you're like, is this really a good thing for me to do right now? Right. So when I did debt consolidation, um, I, I, I financed somebody's telemarketing room a long time ago and was a, a private owner, a silent owner in their, their business. And they did um, debt consolidation. It was a hustle. They really didn't do debt consolidation. Telemarketing was very different in the 90s and early 2000s. Anyways, um, <clears throat> they would always tell people on the phone to freeze your credit card. Mm-hmm. Put it in a giant pitcher, like a, a tea pitcher. Put, put your credit card in there and freeze it. And if you want to buy something, you have to thaw that ice. Let it thaw completely. And when you get your debit card out, you can use your debit card or credit card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the way that they would teach people to not be impulsive. So for me, I'm not doing that. Because in the event that I need my credit card and there's some, an emergency, I'm not trying to, to hammer ice to get my card out. Right. Um, but that made me make a mental note, like if I'm feeling impulsive, to make it go two or three days before I actually pull the trigger on something. Mm-hmm. The downside of that is that two or three days is then spent on every dealer's website looking at the cars that they have in stock, which ones I may want, the horsepower, the you know the interior, the looks, the whatever. Most of the time that satisfies my need to buy the car because I, it gives me something to fixate on. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about my life. I'm not thinking about my problems. I'm not thinking about the podcast. I'm not thinking about the shops. I'm not thinking about management employees who I need to hire or fire. I'm not thinking about the bank accounts. I'm thinking about what car I want. And it allows me to really let everything else go and hyper-focus on something. And then in the event that I find the one that I really want, I get to buy it. Right. <clears throat> it doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. I, I do go through cars a lot. I don't deny that. Right. But when I actually go buy the car, I get to spend a day with you at a car dealership or multiple car dealerships. I get to engage in a back and forth with the the, the sales rep. Um, there's now a mental combat that's happening because I understand the car game better than most because I buy so many vehicles. Um, sometimes I'll go in with a, a pre... Um, <coughs> uh, a check from my bank. Mm-hmm. And then I get to play even a different game because they get money on the financing aspect of things. And they're willing to give you better deals if you're going to finance the car through their financing people because the dealership gets kickbacks. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I won't ever tell them. I could have a check for 100 grand in my pocket. I'm not saying shit until we've argued numbers. Yeah. And once we've argued numbers, I'm like, cool, here you go. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, nothing. We agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also know things like, the, you know, when you go in and like they, they if you sign this if you agree to this number and we can make this deal work to my manager mm-hmm. you signing that doesn't mean anything it's not a contract it's literally you just signing that it's like a scare tactic it, it, no it, it makes you believe that you're signing a contract and agreeing to a number you can get up and walk out of a dealership whenever the fuck you want right. that deal is not done until you go into finance and sign all those documents mm-hmm. most people don't realize that so like i get to play chess with the sales rep and in cases where they don't know what they're doing. I, I ultimately get to, to a big win mm-hmm. or I get to ruin someone's day. Either way, I'm getting something out of my life that's not the ordinary day in and day out. <clears throat> now, when I get a new vehicle, I get a dopamine response. I get to drive around in new shit. And like 
the people that I care about get to see me driving new shit. And they, 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 oh man, I can't believe you got a new one. This is amazing. Blah, blah, blah. There's always those people like, oh, you got another one. Yeah. But you know, there's, I I don't know. There's, there is more to it than just satisfying the obsessiveness or the impulsive impulsivity of it. Right. Um, I think, I think that you're right. I am super impulsive when it comes to cars. I I don't deny that at all. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way with motorcycles. When I want a motorcycle, I want a motorcycle and I will obsess over it. It becomes impulsive and like, Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll buy one and be like, why did I do that two days later? That mm-hmm. happens. Um, buyer's remorse is a big deal for me a lot of the times, which is why I, I, um, studies, not the right word. Um, investigates, not the right word. What is it when I'm on YouTube looking for shit? Research. Research. It's why I'm researching the way that I research because mm-hmm. I don't want to have buyer's remorse and I want to know everything that I can know about it. How does the car perform? What kind of problems is it going to have? Same thing with bikes. It's, it's more of, um, it allows me to fixate on something like an addict. Mm. I mean, it's, that's the only Mm. way I can explain that. Right. That's correct. I've never correlated the whole like actual addict because buying the car is not the addiction. Getting a new car is not the addiction. It's the process of it that I'm addicted to. That's crazy. It's, it's kind of dumb now that I think about it. I kind of want to just pay my car off and not do this anymore. Wow. I don't like the idea of being a slave to something. Yeah. And when you're an addict to anything... You're a slave to it. If you're a smoker and you can't just go, I'm not going to smoke ever again and quit, you're a slave. Mm-hmm. You're a slave to nicotine or cigarettes. That's why I don't smoke. Right. That's why I quit drinking. When I was like, oh man, I want to drink. I wait, wait a minute. Do I want to drink or do I want a drink? Because mm-hmm. there's a difference. Wanting to have a glass of bourbon just to enjoy the flavor of the bourbon or have a social interaction is very different than going, I need a drink because I've had a bad it. day. Yeah. So when that happens, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm not drinking anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's been 12 months. 11. It's been 11 months since I've had a drop of alcohol. And I've thought about bringing it back for like when we do the live streams just to, you know, you smoke and I can have a drink and we can relax. And, but I don't even know if I want to do that because I don't want it to be a prevalent thing in my life. I, right. I'm very strong minded in that aspect. I respect that. Anyways, that was a whole fucking tirade. I also am not going to try to quit cursing. Why? Because I realized that the only reason why I was trying to, to diminish my language was because of my mom. I don't want to offend my adopted mom. Right. I believe that our podcast is being pushed because of who we are. Mm-hmm. And if I start changing who we are to fit a narrative or to appease someone else, we may lose what we're doing. That's a good point. A word is a word. Yeah. You put the connotation and the meaning behind the word. If I say the F word... It can have 25 different variations of how it's meant. You take it the way you take it. I said it the way I said it. I don't think that words have nastiness to them unless they're intentionally being nasty. It's like people who say that's gay. Right. I don't think that that's a bad thing. I I can see how people do. Yeah. But like if people call me a cracker, I can choose to be offended by it or I can Mm -hmm. tattoo it on my body and be like, you got something else you want to offend me with? Like, I, I don't care, dude. Like, I'm not weak like that. It's a word. I don't give a shit. There's not a single word on the planet that I could be called that I'm going to take offense to just because the word is used. Mm -hmm. If you are coming at me with hostility, I'm going to respond to your hostility, not to the words that you choose Mm -hmm. to use. If you came to me with hostility, like, I hope you have a great fucking day. We're going to have some hostile problems because you're coming at me with hostility. It doesn't matter what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the way that you're saying it. You calling me buttercup with a nasty tone. It's like calling me fucker. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like when I call people uh, uh, cupcake. Yeah, cupcake. Cupcake on TikTok. <laughs> I like it that you affectionately call me bitch. That makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that to be clear, that's purely in, in like playful moments. I've never once used oh, that no. word to you in a derogatory. No, term. you have never. That's why I said affectionately. Yeah. Yeah. I just needed to clarify that because I, I well, we're talking about words having the meanings that you apply to them. Yeah. That was a me thing. Yeah. I need to clarify that because okay. I don't talk like that. No, you don't. Okay. It's like when you it's like call me sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what princess. Else? What, what else? <laughs> oh, I've... man. Can't wait to see how this plays out in the premiere. Yeah. I've been with my fiance for 11 years this June. I can hand on, I can hand on my heart, say I landed myself a good one just like you guys. He is incredible. His love and devotion for me is like nothing I've ever experienced by anyone in my entire life. He makes it a point every single day to make me aware, even in episodes of BPD splitting. This man will make damn sure I know he loves me regardless. And I use my sane and positive times making sure he knows I return those feelings fiercely. Yet I still act out. I never or would ever cheat, but I know I hurt him in other ways and it's killing me. His love language is affection, a cuddle, a kiss, intimacy, and I love all those things too. Lately, though, I haven't, and I can see it's hurting him, so I'm trying, but it's forced and he feels sad. What can I try to help this while I'm waiting for therapy? He needs to read Stop Walking on Eggshells Mm -hmm. so that he understands your borderline a little bit better. Um, And when it comes down to you forcing his love language, there is going to be days where you can just be like, look, I'm going through it. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't be the emotional support dog that you need right now. I'll be that tomorrow, but yeah. I can't be it today. And and probably saying emotional support dog is going to offend somebody, but right. that I view myself as that when you are going through an emotional problem, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to be extra if I can. Yeah. I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, that's the way I refer to it in our life. So I'm going to refer to it in your life too. And, and you can like it or dislike it. I don't really care, but right. if I know that my wife is struggling and she needs me to be overly affectionate, I'm being her lap, being overly affectionate, like a fucking emotional support dog. Mm-hmm. You scratch behind my ears and grab my butt. I'll even waggle it for you if you need me to. <laughs> because that's that's the whole point of that. I'm doing it for you, right. even though I don't I may not want to. And in the event that I'm ha- I'm going through a borderline, there are days that I wake up and yeah. my day is fucked from the moment I open my eyes. I know. And I look over and I'm like, today's gonna be a day, and you know the entire day could possibly be ruined. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always go that route. I, I think that I've only had maybe three consecutive days the entire time that we've been together. That, that I've experienced that, but you've also experienced me on that episode for years before we became a couple. You've seen the way that looks. So you are, you had to, you got to be able to mentally prepare for what that, how bad that can be. Yeah. And you are aware of it. But I also think that because you're aware of it, you go above and beyond to not feed that mm-hmm. and to try to, you know. I, I really do try <clears throat> my best just to like be the calm waters. <clears throat> like the, the, <laughs> The standard of peace in the house. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I want to be like your lightning rod. Yeah. Is that is that the correct terminology? I mean, it, it works if you're trying to take all the wrath away from me and, and handle all of that shit so that I don't have to. I don't know. I I, I know what you go through on a day-to-day basis. I, I imagine it's like a constant tornado from the Wizard of Oz in <laughs> your mind. Sometimes. And like on those days... I want you to be able, like, when you're present, like, you're out of your head and you're present in the real world, I want you to come to a very peaceful sanctuary, like, there are days I know where you're going through it. You're on your phone trying to distract yourself, trying to get yourself in a different headspace. Those are days where I don't push the affection. 
Like, I'm grateful for whatever you do. If you come in there and you just stand behind me and put your arms around me and that's it, like no conversing, no kissing, whatever, I appreciate that. Right. Because that's you pushing yourself on a very bad day to still make sure my needs are being met to the extent that you can do it. Does it bother you that you know that I'm going through it while I'm doing that? Because she said that that she feels that he struggles with the fact that she's struggling to give him emotion. No. I I appreciate it more. Because you know that I'm going through it. So maybe she needs to talk to him and be like, hey, when I'm going through a BPD episode and I'm affectionate with you, do you feel like I'm forcing it and you don't enjoy it as much? Or do you appreciate it more because Mm -hmm. I'm going above and beyond knowing that my headspace is fucked up and I I don't really want to do that, but I'm trying to show you that I still love you. Yeah. Because that's a conversation that needs to be had because you, you realize that he may, he may feel the same way and she may have never had the conversation with him. It should be definitely, definitely be a conversation. Yep. You know, 50 Cent uh, in one of his songs said that joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain. And I know that there's a lot of phrases like that that have been said over the over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, because my borderline gets as bad as it does, my good days are astronomical. Yeah. And when you go from having a really good day to having a borderline episode, your entire world gets flipped upside down like an hourglass within seconds. And you go from that elated cloud nine, everything is the dopest shit ever. I've never felt this good to feeling as as worse as you can possibly feel. And when you do that from a sleeping standpoint, when you go to bed on cloud nine and wake up in the dumps, it's very hard to understand what happened. And sometimes that's just the way you wake up. Yeah. Borderline is, is an ugly thing. And, and mm-hmm. it is definitely different severities for different people. But I, I think that the more you understand borderline and the more you understand your triggers and your accountability, the easier it is to deal with those things. I still mm-hmm. have times where I got to call Tim. It does still happen. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Tim is my best friend who is the most laid back, easygoing person I've ever met in my life. I don't, I don't think I, the only time I've ever seen him get angry, he was like cry angry. So he doesn't get like I get. So mm-hmm. when I call him and I'm like, this is what's happening. He gives me a very level headed. You're being a dumbass, or you're really overreacting right now. Or I could see why that would piss you off. And when he says that it's game time Yeah. because now I know that I'm not being invalidated. Like I know that my emotional response is, is the logic brain, not the emotional brain. But I mean, it's happened twice mm-hmm. in the 10 years that I've known him. So I don't know. Next email, please. It's called podcast. Dope. Pod space cast. Yes. Okay. What was that? I took that off the charger. Okay. Oh my God. It is one o'clock. We're an hour and 33 minutes in. Hi, I just wanted to start by saying how much I have come to enjoy your podcast. I saw you on TikTok and started to follow you both. I have enjoyed your podcast. It has given me a lot to think about. I have sent it to a couple of my friends. Love that. I love that That is too. the best way for you guys to support what we're doing other than going to Patreon or giving us a super thanks on YouTube. Mm-hmm. In order of, of thank yous, Patreon, because it's a reoccurring monthly 10 to $15 that really helps us grow. It does. Um, Super thanks on YouTube because you can set donations amount and just give us what you feel you can spare, mm-hmm. uh, which then gets put back into the podcast or will allow us to do this full time and sharing this with people. Because the more people that actually see this, the more the other two things are likely to happen. Yep. All of them help out. It's fantastic. Yep. I have been married for almost 35 years. We have two grown kids and three grandkids. We have had many ups and downs, struggled with family issues, financial issues, and just growing pains as we both matured. There has been a couple of times divorce was considered. We made the effort to let the past be the past and work to save our marriage. We have become more traditional couple as my husband has stepped up to help and become the father the kids deserve. 
How has that affected your marriage? Send me, send me, send us an email. Uh, send us a new email. Don't reply to the one that you sent. Send us a new mail, email, new email, and be like for Chris response, and then mm-hmm. that way I know to read it. Otherwise, it's going to get an auto reply, and our screener is going to screen it. Yeah. Um, I want to know how your life has changed since you're you have stepped into a traditional role, and I will read that on the podcast, good or bad. Yeah. I want to know how that's helped you because there are a lot of people who want this life mm-hmm. that are afraid to commit to it. So please, please fucking send that email. It's a really good idea. <clears throat> Good or bad. You know, going forward with anybody, because we've received a couple of saying we started implementing more traditional roles and it's helped, but they don't define they what ne- it was. Yeah, they never give the details on that. So I want those details. Going forward, if you are implementing <clears throat> more traditional things or you already have a traditional relationship, let us know how it has impacted you, impacted your partner, impacted your relationship, positive or negative. Yep. I feel that we are in the roommate phase, which I didn't realize until I started listening to your podcast. 34 years? 35 years. I believe that. Two uh, multiple kids and grandbabies? Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. And, and I'm gonna, without reading anything else in that email, I'm going to tell you why. Mm. I'm willing to bet that over the course of your children's lives, you guys put your kids as a priority above everything else and not, your, not each other. Mm-hmm. When you put your children above your partner, intimacy will die it every will. single time. And for those of you who have that happen, that stay together for the kids, the moment the kids move out, divorce happens. It, it We see it constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and that's a very common thing. It's, and then empty nest syndrome could be a thing too. And if you have your partner to attach to when that becomes a thing, um, intimacy is regained. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, I, that may not even be remotely relevant to that, but that's what I think is going to happen. You're good. Um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Asking a Teach a dog new tricks. There you go. That's it. Focus on each other. Focus on each other and implement the check-ins. Yep. Yeah. Check-ins would be dope. Um, implement. So if you go to our page in uh, YouTube and search the check-ins, mm-hmm. the um, the check-in video, the actual check-in video has the list of questions pinned to the top until our website is available. You can find the questions there. Go through the list of questions with your partner and actually have a conversation. The other thing is that your roommate phase is lack of intimacy, and it doesn't necessarily mean sexual intimacy. When your intimacy fades, sexual intimacy fades. You have to regain your intimacy in some way, shape, or form. Start going on dates again. Make it a point to spend two to three hours once a week doing something that you both enjoy together. Get a hobby together. Uh, If you've been married for 35 years and you've got grandbabies, I'm assuming you're probably pretty close to retirement. Um, Yeah. You've got to be close to retirement unless you had the, you know, your initial, unless you got married at under 18, but even still, you're almost there. You guys need to find something that you're going to want to do together for the rest of your lives and, you know, um, find ways to, to be intimate. Like I, I, I don't even know, I don't know why this keeps coming to my head, but I'm going to say it because it might be relevant. I saw a TikTok video where, um, a, an elderly woman, she had to have been close to 70 mm-hmm. and so was her man. I'm guessing she was cooking and she's like, taste this and tell me if it tastes right. And he's like, uh, it needs something. I'm not sure what it needs. And he's like, and then he kissed her and he's like, that was it. He's like, that's what it needed. Yeah. That is intimacy. That's intimacy. That, that is, I still love you after all these years. And they were married 50 years. Yep. That, that is how your relationship maintains. If, if you and I are doing something and I'm within touching distance of you, I'm touching you. Even if it's just my hand on your lower back, me touching your butt, I am going to touch you. I'm not going to stand next to you and not put my hand on you in any way, shape, or form. I'm just not. Mm -hmm. Those touches matter. You're the only person who's allowed to touch me. Right. But if I didn't touch you, 
and that went on for two or three weeks, mm-hmm. our life would change. It would. Because you're going to get used to me not touching you. And then a year from now, when we're in the roommate phase, you'd be like, what the fuck? How did this happen? We went from being super intimate and sexual and playful and loving and touching. And now neither one of us touch each other. We sit on opposite couches. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you don't, you have to be very aware of those small things and you have to make sure that you stay on top of them. And when you do it consistently and make it habitual, it still happens. Mm-hmm. When you fall out of that, it's no different than going to the gym. When you go to the gym every day for six months and then stop going to the gym for a couple of weeks, it's real fucking hard to get back to that phase. But if you just can stick with it and use the discipline of, of, of not being motivated and like working through that, it'll continue. <clears throat> you need to regain your intimacy. Go, go movie nights. Go to dinner. Find, it, find time for the two of you to do shit that you enjoy together. <clears throat> make the touches happen. Make the, the compliments happen. Positive affirmations. Don't, don't complain. Like You guys really need to work on being very clear and concise about the things that you want and makes you happy because you may have changed mm-hmm. over the years. Like your, your wants and desires mm-hmm. may change. Um, and because of your age, get your hormones checked. <laughs> yes. um, so I'm going to throw on something just as an example of intimacy that people might not what are you think gonna throw about. On? Throw on. I, I don't know. You said you're going to throw on some things. You that know, white dress that arrived yesterday. You can't do that for the podcast. No, not for the podcast. It's going to be for you later. Okay. Hmm. Stop it, damn it. Damn it, woman. Woo. Is it hot in here? <laughs> I got him. Oh. <laughs> He's turning on the fan. Usually I'm the one who gets hot. That dress has just the right amount of side cleavage. Yeah. Oh. Like you put that on yesterday. I'm like, you're not wearing that without a bra. That nobody gets. That's mine. Damn it, woman. I am sweaty. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so <laughs> outside of that intimate moment the example that i was gonna give is i shave your head for you yes you do and i love that yeah i fucking love that and it's not in the bathroom shaving no. my head i bought um it's a handheld i think it has a pit three bull blade it. It, yeah it's i actually think the brand is pitbull but yeah. i can't name i can't think of the name of it but it's literally a battery battery powered three circle shaver that people use for their face. But because I'm balding up here, we do my head. Yeah. But we will put on a TV show that we enjoy watching, and I will sit on the floor behind you, and you will shave my head while we're In watching TV. Yeah, that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be behind me. Yeah. And you'll shave my head while we're watching TV, and we'll mm-hmm. have conversations, and we'll talk, and like that is a very intimate moment for us because I can do that on my own. You I can. don't need you to shave my head. The fact that you want to do that to make me look presentable makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what intimacy is about. You're supposed to, to enjoy doing the things that are happening or enjoy doing them. Yeah. And I don't just shave your head. I rub my hand on your neck and you I do. play with your ears and stuff. Yep. And yep. It is, it is definitely an intimate moment. Yeah. I want to, I want to do a photo of us in that bathroom, which would take a lot of lighting mm-hmm. to get it the way that I want it to look in my head. Um, and I need to get a straight razor, but I want to get a picture of you straight razoring my neck while, while you're sitting on the counter. I would love that. Yeah. But I, we would have to do in my head. I know exactly how I want it to look, mm. and we, it would be easier if I had a photographer to take the picture. But I'm gonna have to do the timer thing, and it's gonna be a fucking process for a single photo. But, it's gonna look dope as hell, though. Yeah, yeah, it will. Anyways, I enjoy you. I enjoy us taking pictures. Me too. Because you know we're not gonna look like this forever. Mm-mm. And when we're you know old, I mean I'm already almost there. But when we're old, old, and look back on this and like. You know, the best shape of our life, the youngest we ever were together. You know, yeah. it's going to be, it's important. Yep. 
And and those aren't pictures. I mean, some of the pictures that we take together, we do post, mm-hmm. but we don't do a lot of that shit. And like, mm-hmm. I, I won't post pictures on the internet of just myself anymore. Yeah. Um, unless it's like a photo challenge or I don't selfie. I, I don't, I reuse older photos that have already been on the internet. I don't, I rarely ever take a picture of myself unless you're in it or it's to send it to you. Mm-hmm. I do take pictures of me to send to you. Like if I want like a positive affirmation, like, Hey, you look good today. I'm sending the picture to you because I want you to compliment it and see that. Yeah. But I don't post that shit on the internet. It's not, it's not for people. <clears throat> the pictures that we took, the, the spicy photos that are not like, they're not sexual. They're just implied sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, we took those for each other and wanted to rub it in people's faces. So we posted them on the internet, but it's, We've also printed them really big on metal and have them hanging in our house. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, next. <laughs> so this one's called advice. So we read through the first email. Finished it. So this is a follow up with more detail. Okay. And oh boy, did they give more detail. Yeah, I assumed. Well, we have so. an hour and 15 minutes for this one because I would like to keep this at three hours or around three hours. So if we go over that a little bit, that's fine. But like. Mm. Okay. Yep. I'm going to pick and choose what I I chime in on, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. After this, I want to figure out lunch. Indeed. So I I am all cut up on your videos, and I just realized I did not include enough details at all. (laughs) I am so sorry. Let me start over. I am 24. I live in Texas. My second husband is 22. Wait. Okay. Married twice, and I was only 24 years old. Yes. Okay. we've been kind of friends for a while. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to be totally transparent here. I do not remember your first email. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm sure as I continue reading bits and pieces, are going to start coming back to me and it's going to jog my memory. We have done so many of these. We have read so many of these. So please don't be offended if I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Or that reminds me, whatever. We've been kind of friends for a while. My sister got me a job at the local McDonald's where we are from, and he has worked there for the same time. I've struggled with PTSD and depression from a young age and dropped out of college after a three-week trip to the local psych ward. Looking back, I looked for someone who was as broken as me in a fucked-up, misery-loves-company kind of way, so most of my boyfriends were not amazing people. That makes sense that people date like that. Yeah, well, there's also a whole lot of accountability there. Mm Mm-hmm. There is a lot of accountability there, definitely. Bouncing back to 2017, I was dating my now ex-husband and my parents had kicked me out of the house, so I was homeless, living out of my car with my PTSD dog. At 18 years old? I don't know. It's it 2017. Said, oh, okay. Sorry. Well, if they're 24 and it's 2023, are you counting? Are you trying to count backwards? No, that that's me just accepting. I really should just stop trying to math. <laughs> I, I have proven time and a time, time I, I la, 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 calculator that shit. There's no shame in that. And time again, that I just I can't. Right. In my mind. Well, it doesn't matter because I'm going to clip it. No one will ever know that. So fantastic. So she was 18 years old when her parents kicked her out. So I, I'm going to pause hmm. that because I believe that when you turn 18, you should move out of your parents' house. With no job and no, you should have you should get a job and move out. So when does that while they're still in school? Yeah. Yeah. Even so, okay. Studies have proven that if your parents pay for your college, you're less likely to graduate. I agree with that. Because you're going to treat it like a college uh, party. What? I agree with that statistic. Like my agreement means anything to math. (laughs) Um, But if you go to college and you're paying for it and you're working crazy hours to pay your tuition, 
because you're doing the work, you see the value in the education that you're getting and you do the work. It makes you have discipline and a work ethic and it's a whole process versus it being handed to you. Um, I believe when you turn 15 or 16 years old, you should get a job. Okay. While going to high school, you should be working. I believe everyone should do that so that you can get past that entry level bullshit and build a resume, whether it's at a fast food chain or a secretary or a receptionist at a fucking nail salon or whatever, cleaning up hair in a barbershop, whatever it is, you should get a job when you turn 15 or 16 years old. I agree with that, but I, I think it should be part-time. Well, it has to be. Okay. Child labor law says you can't work more than I thought, part-time. I thought at 16 they can work full-time. No. Not in Florida. Okay, good. Um, And during the summertime when you're not at school, you should be working mm-hmm. as much as you can. And oh, yeah. even if that means two part-time jobs or a part-time job and an under-table job or a fully under-the-table job doing construction or landscaping or welding or whatever it is that you can learn on the job training Mm -hmm. so that when you turn 18 years old, you have work experience under your belt and you can start your life because you should not be starting your life at 30 years old living in your mom's basement. I'm going to pause you on that. What would you say to all the people in the comments? Yeah, well, I'm young. I want to experience being young before I have to get into adult life. Okay, so then, so what you're telling me is is you want to start your life later Mm -hmm. so that you don't get to enjoy your retirement because you don't want to get into the workforce until you're in your 30s, you're not going to have a savings. You're not going to have a Roth IRA. You're not going to have mutual funds. You will not have a retirement plan. So you get to work for the rest of your life. So enjoy that time because I'm 40 years old and I get to do whatever the fuck I want because I've worked since I was 13. Mm -hmm. So you live your life, be pathetic. Don't get the things that you want ever because you're not going to do it because you don't have drive to do it. You suffer while you're young and live that, that work life while you can do it, mm-hmm. while you have the energy and, the, and the, the drive and the you know you can function without sleep. You work now so that when you turn 35, 40 years old, you can start bringing in a million a year and do the things that you want to do and live the good life. You want to go to Iceland for a couple of weeks? Go to Iceland. You want to take a two-week vacation and travel Europe? You can, you can do that because you've worked since mm-hmm. you were 18 years old. And I guarantee you enjoying that time as an older person is going to be much more valuable than doing it while you're young and being fucked up the entire time. Right. I don't believe that mindset. I would rather grind now and put my body through everything my body has to go through so that my later years are enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want a new car. Cool. What do I want? Do I want to go buy a Mercedes today? Do, I mean, I mean, do I want to buy a Porsche? I mean, realistically, if I didn't, if I didn't have the issue that I have with supercars, I could go buy a Ferrari right now. Yeah. I'm at that point in my life. I'm mm-hmm. 42. I have worked since I was 13. Right. You were somebody who would drink and party and do all that kind of stuff in your 20s, right? Yeah, while working. Right, right but you were working. If you weren't partying and drinking and doing drugs, <clears throat> do you think that you would have been where you are now sooner? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. If I had the work capacity that I had in my, like when I quit drinking and shit and did that when I was younger, when I had the stronger back and, and like the, the gumption to stay up for 20 hours at a time and function on two or two to four hours of sleep constantly, mm-hmm. I could have, I could have done a lot more. Yeah. The only thing I didn't have was somebody to guide me to do the things that I needed to do. It took a lot of failing to get to where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't care if people agree or disagree with any of this. This is my belief system. You can, you can disagree all you want. I'm still going to feel the way I feel about it. Right. If I had, and, and I, I have a mentor now. I didn't have a mentor ever in my life until I was 38 or 39 years old. And that mentor is somebody that I can call and go, hey, um, I, I'm about to make a half a million dollar business decision. I need you to just listen to me and tell me if I'm being stupid. 
And he'll tell me because he's made business decisions that are way bigger than that. And he is that guy to me. He turned me on to my lawyers, turned me on to my money guy. Like to me, he's there. He has everything in his life that I want. Right. And he has the life experience for all of it. Um, If I had him in my 20s and I knew his life the way that I know his life and he's like, you're fucking up, I would have stopped everything. Mm-hmm. In the event that in my 20s, I had somebody like him that believed in me and I was able to prove myself, he may have invested in me. And had he invested in me in my 20s, I would have skipped a decade of suffering and I yeah. would have ended up in my 20s where I was in my mid 30s because I was able to show. And you know what? He's actually told me as much. He's like, dude, I have this knowledge and I'm willing to give it away to anyone that deserves this knowledge. He's like, you know how many people that come to me for advice? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't help you. He's like, and I will send you emails of things that I'm thinking about that could benefit your business. And he has. Yeah. Because he sees my work ethic. Mm -hmm. People don't have that. That lazy mindset of I want to enjoy myself and party and do this. You got to get there first. They also have to be willing to accept his. Yeah. Like, I'm sure the first time he sent you an email, I was like, hey, I'm just thinking about this, but it might impact you in some way. And you were like, okay, but this doesn't apply to me. Why are you doing this? He would never send you another email. Right. No, that's true. That's true. And we've, we've had those back and forths because he doesn't understand my business the way he understands other businesses. And we've had to have those conversations as well. Right. But <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to say this and then I'm done with this conversation or this point. Um, if you are in your twenties and you're making a minimum wage and you're living with your parents, mid twenties, even because you want to enjoy that life while you're young. Right. What, I mean, what can you afford to do? Go to the clubs Go to a bar every once in a while. Right. Can you afford to jump in a, a plane with no net, no notice? Mm-hmm. Go to Vegas for a week and live it up. Go to shows, gamble, go to the desert and come back and not be financially broke. Mm-hmm. Like truly broke because you spent your entire years of savings in Vegas in five days. Can you do that right now? I, I'm guarantee, guaranteeing you can't. That's not going to the bar is not that's not living your life. No, it's not. That That's not exciting. There's nothing exciting about that. You And say... It's the drinking. Say you don't live in a big city. Say you live in a small shithole town. Mm-hmm. The, the bar that you're going to go to is the same bar that everyone else goes to. You guys are drinking all the same shit. You don't have any idea of what good whiskey or bourbon is. You're young. You're drinking to get fucking wasted at that point. You are literally going home shit-faced. That's not exciting. No. It's what, depressing. What are, yeah. Like, no wonder you're not furthering yourself in your life because you're just constantly taking a depressant to numb your feelings about your life. Right, which is making you more depressed because alcohol is a depressant. And when you drink it like that, it does make you depressed. Mm -hmm. And if you take NSAIDs the next day because you're hungover and you need to get rid of your headache, you are then perpetuating that. Because when you take NSAIDs, you are 42% more likely to become depressed. Mm -hmm. There's studies on that. You can Google it if you want. Now, my original argument. Is that really living it up? Because I can tell you right now, you and I can fly first class anywhere in the United States right now. I could buy us plane tickets right now for a week to go do whatever we want to do. And I could come back and still have money in the safe and still have money in the banks and not max out my credit cards Mm -hmm. because I grinded. Right. I would much rather have those memories and those experiences because that is living life. That's not drinking and getting fucking wasted is not living life. It's wasting it. So that's my answer to those people. I love that. I love how passionate you are. I, I hate that mindset. Yeah. I, it, that, that's one of those things that, that legitimately bother me. 
And like, it doesn't trigger me. I'm not triggered. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not one of those things that I'm like instantly enraged and want to scream and yell and throw things. But like, when you come at me with that mindset, it shows me who you are as a person. I don't keep people around me like that. Right. You could have real ambition and goals in life. And I could see you doing that shit. And I'm, I'm moving you. You're, you're not going to ever get anywhere with me with that mindset. You're just not. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Being around people like that is how you lower the quality of your life. Yep. You are the company you keep. Mm-hmm. Being friends and it being cold, he had let me stay at his mom's house when his mom was at work. I've been there. That sucks. My ex-husband got out of the Navy other than honorable discharge and convinced me to move down to Kansas with him. Me and my current husband lost touch. I had my daughter in 2018 and struggled with postpartum depression and received an official diagnosis of autism. Can we pause for a minute? I want to be clear that I'm not shitting on the person that wrote the email. I believe that when you turn 18, you should move out of your parents' house. That's not me saying, sh- how dare you not move out? You're right, like she's fucking up. I'm not saying that. No. So all of that tirade had nothing to do with that. Right. It was with the questions that you were asking me. Right. Okay. I just don't want her to, to hear this and be like, I can't believe you just shit on me because I was 18 living at my mom's. That's not yeah. what I'm doing. No. Okay. The reason I asked you those questions is because I'm somebody who didn't party. Right. You know, there was a, like a three-month period when I was 18, like just graduated high school. I was doing that during the summer. But I was also working a full-time job and I was paying right. rent and stuff to my mom. Um, and then I started working at the shop and I would say like maybe four or five times I went out with the people at the shop in a six-month right. period. <clears throat> and that was it. So I didn't do the whole clubbing and drinking and trying all these drugs and getting wasted and coming home right. at four o'clock in the morning. I never, I never did that. See, I, I did do that though. And I did a lot of drugs, but I also right. used to sell dope. So like, I, you know, yeah, I, I had a hustler's mindset even as a teenager. I sold drugs. Right. But my point is... You know, if you didn't do all that drinking stuff, drinking, partying and whatnot, you would have been where you are now sooner. Right. I didn't do any of that stuff. I was in my dream career by the time I was like 24. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you graduated high school with a 4.0 GPA. Yeah. I I didn't even make it past. I I have a seventh grade education because Mm -hmm. that was my last year in a real school. Yeah. I went to do a disciplinary school for eighth grade. And when I got to ninth grade, I didn't make it like I was like a week in ninth grade. So mm-hmm. like I, I had seventh grade was where the end of my education was. Had I went to high school and actually got an education, I may not have went the path that I went. Right. So I'm not even mad that my life did the way that it did because mm-hmm. I'm in a really good spot now. Right. But if I could have hit it 10 years ago, where I'm going to be when I'm 52 compared to where I'm 42 is very different. Mm-hmm. It's very different. In the event that this takes off, I mean, Right. This could be life changing for us, mm-hmm. which says a lot because we live super comfortable. Um, so I'm not shitting on her. Right. I understand that there are circumstances that keep people at home past 18 years old, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But for the normal person that is just living their lives with no no severe trauma, who are she taking had, advantage, she had right. She had an emotional support animal. She obviously had some shit going on. Right. That's a different, but that's not everyone. That's, that's a very small percentage of people. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about generalizations, I'm talking about the normal, healthy, lazy people. Yeah. Okay. So not her, not shitting on the author of the email. Okay. I had my daughter in 2018 struggle with postpartum depression and received an official diagnosis of autism in 2019. In the middle of the day, while my ex was at work, my grandmother flew down to Kansas, and me and my daughter fled as he attacked me on the phone with my mother the night before. Did you hit him with "We're not in Kansas anymore"? Because if not, that was a wasted opportunity. 
you know what i agree <laughs> even even though it's a really dark situation it like, absolutely I, is i'm and, glad you guys got away yeah as you were on your way out be like guess what motherfucker we ain't kansas anymore you know what i mean like, like just just it would have been a good opportunity yeah. if you wasted it that's fine i understand there was traumatic shit yeah. happening but you you know as somebody with trauma like certified yeah. written by doctors i will always crack a jokey joke yeah at the most inopportune time Same. There was uh, the last Boy Scout. They were ending the movie and like they were walking and talking. He's like, you can't just got to hit a, hit a guy with a surfboard. You have to say, what's up, bro, before you do it. Or surf's up, dude, or some <laughs> shit like that. So ever since I heard that as a kid, anytime I can make an inopportune moment, oh, an yeah. inopportune moment, I'm going to. <clears throat> it takes everything I have not to sing and do movie quotes while you read. Why? Because it's not fitting for the email. And that's how my brain works, which is why I was like, she should have hit him with that. We're not in Kansas anymore because we we did an email that's like, hello. And I'm like, hello, it's me. Like, I, I just want to do that every single time. Yeah. Anyways. But that that's what makes us us. Yep. So going back to the very first point 30 hours ago when we started this podcast, you don't want to do things to change who we are because that's why people are driven to us. Yep. So sing the Adele song. No. <laughs> People don't need to hear that horrible, horrible singing voice. And, and and it would only be Adele once. Then it would be Lionel Richie. Right. Or, you know, it would just continue. Things things would, you just never know how that would play out. I could make you laugh and you could be like, stop. And I'd be like, collaborate and listen. Or, hey. or, or every single time it would be a different stop thing. Like it would get like that every single time if I allowed myself to do that. I would side rail this entire shit. It would be three hours of stupidity. But I would have so much fun. Right. But we would lose followers because people don't follow us to watch me sing and be dumb. They I, watch for your face and our controversial email reading. My, what the, my face, this face, <laughs> this is the face they want. This lady that we're reading her email right now has got to be like, this is, why did I send that you know, email? I, they you don't know, even take this serious. This is a fucking joke to them. <laughs> it's not. This is just who we are as people. Right. I was just getting ready to ask, how would you singing a line derail us so hard and here we are 10 minutes later because yeah. you said if I do this. Yeah. This is how. We just have to accept it happens. If you do it, I'll do a thing back and we just continue reading. We it won't have a whole it discussion. It doesn't work that way. Well, One of need, us has to be like, email. We need to try. While living with my parents, oh gosh, okay. While living with my parents, my ex-husband expected me to continue what I was doing in Kansas and continue to support him. Oh, hell no. You mean support him financially? She didn't say. No, I'm trying to figure out what the first email was because if she left a very abusive situation, she should have cut him off completely. Right. I don't think that we actually read her first email on a podcast. I think that we read it and just filed it away because it was low information. I'm not going to gotcha. get into emails that are not like full of info because okay. if we have to see her and go, well, what if this happened? And what about, what if this happened? Yeah. Well, we can't exclude this possible scenario. I'm not doing that. Okay. In Kansas, our house was trash <laughs> because between taking care of my daughter full time Working 50 to 60 hours a week, I didn't have the energy to keep everything spotless. Looking back, that's an excuse. My ex-husband had an idea of a traditional marriage, per se, in which he would literally eat his food, stand up, and leave his plate wherever for me to take care of. That's not a traditional relationship. That's it's slavery. By the time I returned to my home state, I hated the idea of a traditional marriage. So I can understand not taking care of the house because you're feeling... Like you're subhuman to him. He treats you like garbage. Why should you even try? So there's a difference between the house being trashed and looking spotless. Right. I maintain our house. Is it spotless? No. 
I I, I, le- I legit want to get a toothbrush and get on my hands and knees and scrub the floorboards, but I know it's going to take me six hours to do that and we have to record. Right. So I can't. I would love to, but the house isn't spotless, but it's clean. We can walk around the house without shoes on. There's not shit all over the sinks. There's, I mean, there's dishes in the sink now, but the dishes don't sit there for a week and right. they continue piling. There's not garbage sitting everywhere. <clears throat> so when you say a house is trashed, I'm imagining you guys have food rotting on the counters. Like somebody's not putting away dishes. There's food in the sink. Dirty diapers are somewhere like. So if that's what you mean by trashed, there, there's a standard. Right. Yeah. Why would you want to live in filth? Now, when you say spotless, like the shoes aren't on the shoe rack, but the shoes are in the shoe area. Yeah. And he's bitching about that. That's that's a little too much. Yeah. People's houses don't look like Pinterest photos. Right. And so she said, I hated the idea of a traditional marriage. So it's not the idea of a traditional marriage. It's the way the traditional marriage was presented to you. Right. Well, if you were working 50 or 60 hours a week, you weren't in a traditional marriage. You're right. I know. Like I, you well, can, I'm both, thinking, both people can work. Right. I'm thinking like traditional morals. Right. I get that values. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the way that blue, pink and blue jobs, I get that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you can have those in a, a traditional marriage where both people work. But if you're working 50, 60 hours a week, you are working probably more than he is. If both of you are working all that time, then how is your kid being taken care of? Like there's a whole lot of questions that are there. But you and I, you bring me my plate. I, do. I, I put my plate away. I don't expect you to take my my food away. You put your plate away if you're done eating before me. Right, but I'm almost, I'm always done eating before you. Right. Well, there are times where like you're at the computer. Well, I'll come in after I'm done eating and I'll I'll take your plate for you. Well, yeah, when I'm editing. But right. if we're at the the table eating or we're in the living room eating together, mm-hmm. when I'm done, I take my plate. I normally take yours too. Right. Because you cooked mm-hmm. and you brought me my plate. The least I can fucking do is wrench your plate off and put it in the sink. Right. Um. That, that's a whole other discussion. I, I we, we have to have that for a short. I don't even want to get into that right now. That bothers me, though. That bothers me, too. I was, back at, I was back at working at McDonald's in 2019 when I reconnected with him again, present husband. He asked to hang out multiple times, but I didn't have the extra time, and so he settled to visiting me at my job. He was working three jobs at the time. That's a man. Mm-hmm. And so he's working three jobs. Instead of going home and sleeping, he's coming and visiting you at work. That makes me emotional. Yeah. Curious what those three jobs were. Anyways, also not relevant. I left in June of 2019. And by October, I had enough of my ex-husband. <clears throat> I paid to break the lease of the apartment we were in and told him I wasn't going to pay his bills anymore. I also had to fully support me and my daughter. So she was supporting him financially. She was. Yes. Well, I'm glad you stopped. Me too. I, I see because she left in 2018 and in 2019 she was like, I'm done. I, I understand it took some time. Don't feel stupid that it took you so long to realize that paying for his stuff was not the right thing to do. Right. Well, her name was still on the lease, so it took her a year to be able to break the lease. Right. But in scenarios like that, people would be like, I'm so stupid for doing this. This man's abusing me and I'm paying right. for him to live somewhere. You know, you did it. You've recognized that that was not the thing to do. It is so hard for me to mentally check myself to not read names. Right. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. I'm annoyed by that. That I, I, no, I'm not okay. I'm fucking bothered by the whole traditional values thing or the traditional relationship where she was paying for his bills 
and he would get up and leave his fucking plate on the table and expect her to pick it up. Right. That's not traditional values. No, that's a shitty man ruining what traditional marriage really is right. for women. That, that's, that's a child treating you like his mother. That is yeah. not a traditional relationship. I go above and beyond for you. We have our jobs. We have the things that we do for each other. But if I see that something needs to be done in the house, I'm fucking doing it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's my job or not. I don't have to. I could be like, no, dishes are her job. I'm not doing that. But in the event that the dishes need to be done and you're busy doing something else, I'm just going to fucking do it. Right. It's not going to ruin my life to have to do that. To, to, to make, to live. God, this is, I'm so fucking aggravated by this. You because we see this constantly in the emails and in the, in the messages that we get on TikTok. You guys pick shitty fucking people and then blame the scenario. Traditional values should happen from somebody that you love and trust and they love and trust you. Mm-hmm. You don't <clears throat> date a man who treats you like a fucking mother and then expect to get traditional values from him. You found a shitty motherfucker and decided to marry him. If I ever treated you like that, if I ever just got up and walked away from the table while you and the kids were eating and left my fucking plate there, leave me. File for a divorce and fucking leave me because I don't respect you at that point. Right. You deserve better than that. That that fucking bothers me because of all the shit that we see constantly in these emails. This is why people think that traditional value relationships are slavery and don't work. It sucks. Like hearing all of that played out, that just, that really sucked. I'm infuriated. I'm fucking sweating right now. Yeah. That, that is why our relationship is shunned. It's why we catch so much shit from the general society. We have an amazing fucking relationship. We do. I Amazing. Mm-hmm. Even with, well, Two of our businesses were recently destroyed from the hurricane, but I'm still managing the same amount of people just in one location. So I have the equivalent of three businesses in one currently. This is a full-time job. So much so that this is no longer a you and I thing. There's four of us doing this. And I'm trying to find a way to move someone to Florida Mm -hmm. to fucking make this easier on us. I still will do everything I can to get as much free time with you as possible. If that means scheduling my day to make errand runs while you go and get the kids, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go hit the bank. I'm going to go to the shop. I'm going to go take t-shirts where they need to go. I'm going to go pick a print. I'm going to do everything that I need to do in the two hours that you're going to be gone doing what you're doing with the kids, taking them to the park and having the mommy time that you have. I'm working my schedule around yours so that I get an extra two hours with you at nighttime if that just means watching TV or whatever. Mm -hmm. I look for movies on a regular basis. I check for things that we can do together. I open your fucking car door. I treat you like you are the most important thing to me in the world. And you bring me my plate and I am eternally grateful for that because it makes me feel like I am special. Mm-hmm. I would never in my life leave my dirty fucking plate sitting on the, the, the table and expect you to clean up after me. Men don't do that. That's not a thing. And, yeah. and, and it might be for some relationships. It might be the woman could be like, yo, I'm going to bring the food and take the plate away and clean the dishes because I love my man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but what is he doing? Right. What is he doing to deserve that from you? Because I guarantee you, if it's the life that we're living, he's, he's earned that. Mm-hmm. But I would never expect it. I don't expect you to bring me my plate. No. The fact that you do it and, and the fact that I've never asked you to do it is super dope. But in the event that, that you grabbed your plate and sat down at the table, I'm not getting offended. I'm going to go get my plate and we're going to sit down and we're going to eat and we're going to talk about our day. A, a traditional relationship, a traditional value scenario that we have is built on love and trust and mm-hmm. respect. If, if we don't have those things, this doesn't work. Things fall apart. Things don't get done. 
the jobs don't get finished. If you're like, babe, my oil needs to be done. And I'm like, cool. And six months later, your engine blows because I forgot. That's a me problem. You shouldn't have to harp on me about that. Mm-hmm. I, I know that in the event that you don't have a vehicle, one, I have to buy another car. Two, you could have a breakdown that I now have to deal with. You are driving in an unsafe scenario. I could be stranded somewhere. These are me problems. Mm-hmm. And because I want to make sure that you're taken care of, I do those things. You want to make sure that I'm taken care of so you take care of my laundry and my food to make sure that I'm, I have clean underwear and that my belly is fed so that I can do all the things that I need to do. Mm-hmm. This is love and trust. It has nothing to do with with disrespect or slavery or not catering to somebody. I am really fucking bothered by that. I can't, you're going to have to continue. I, I just, I'm going to okay. stop talking. He asked me out on a date in December. It was sweet. Maybe I shouldn't have moved so fast, but I did. He was very respectful, and we didn't even kiss that night. Good. I went with my daughter to my best friend's house on New Year's. We were in New York, and he drove three and a half hours to spend New Year's with me and my daughter. My daughter and him hit it off. So if there's awkward pauses, it's because I'm right. processing not mentioning names. My daughter and him hit it off. She was always a daddy's girl, and my ex-husband didn't want to spend time with her. And new husband loves spending time with her. And he loves spending time with her, showing her with attention. Showering her with attention? Yep. He'd offer to go grocery shopping with me, and he would come over to play with her. By March, she was calling him daddy completely on her own without anyone mentioning it to her. My ex-husband had no contact part of the time because of a restraining order that the court had put in for until he was found guilty or not guilty, and partially because he didn't want to contact us. I would say it's fully because he didn't want to contact you. Right. If If it's part of the time of not wanting to contact you, if the restraining order was there or not, he probably would not contact you anyway. Not to be shitty, I just, I want people to recognize you pay attention to people's actions. Right. I don't really remember the timeline for his court as I had no real part in it, but sometime, but at some point he pled down from a friendly attempted murder to a misdemeanor battery and child endangerment. Wow. That's the court system for you. That's the court system for you. After that, you know, you know that in most, most states you get more time for drugs than you do for rape. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. Grape. Yeah. For the algorithm. There's child predators who are in jail for less than people who got caught with weed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. After the court restraining orders, after that, the court restraining orders were dropped as I never requested them. Pause. Also, also, had you been involved in his court case, knowing that you were the, you were the, assuming she was the victim, Mm -hmm. had you been involved and not neglected that, he wouldn't have gotten those charges dropped down. Oh yeah. He would have been put in for felony. You you could have, you could have actually shown up to court cases and been like, he attacked me, he tried to kill my kid or whatever the case may be. However that played out, Mm -hmm. you could have been in the courts fighting that and making that be known that you're still prevalent because you not being there speaking up lets that shit get downplayed. Yep. Out of sight, out of mind. Yep. People need to think about that. Right. It's not always going to work that way, but yes. But it's out of sight, out of mind. In a lot of situations, not just the court system. If you're away for six months from your partner and you already don't have an intimate relationship, they're not going to miss you. Right. Out of sight, out of mind. They're going to continue living their life the way that they are. Because when you're present, you're just roommates. Yep. 
He didn't contact me again until 2021. Even now, he doesn't ever call to talk to her. She currently doesn't remember him, and we are okay with that. In 2022, he ran for a lower political office in the height of COVID. I got myself a job as a contractor, and life was pretty good. I was not my most amazing self at this point in time and appreciated that my husband was there. I started falling into my depression really hard and went to seek therapy and treatment for it. I changed my meds multiple times over the year, which made my, my mood worse. I tried my best, but it was definitely a strain from the relationship. Strain on the relationship. I'm really finding a lot of syllables are hard for me. Not syllables, but sounds. Strain on the relationship. As his campaign got bigger, I was actually starting to feel better. I found a medicine that worked for me. We had talked about moving in together, but he would always push it off. So finally, I stopped waiting for him and got an apartment on my own. Good. Yep. Do not make decisions in your life, big decisions like this, based on somebody who can't make up their mind. Then he would try to visit every night. His campaign manager started really calling at all hours of the night, and she was inviting him out to family functions her husband couldn't go to. That makes me uncomfortable. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's a, a big no. Yeah. I voiced my opinion on this as I felt uncomfortable, but he kept saying that she was 20 years older than him, and that would be disgusting. So get to the point where, where he cheated on her with the, the campaign manager? Right. Around October 2020, I started catching him in little lies. When I would bring them up, he would deflect and find a pretty good excuse, and it started my distrust. He kept going back and forth about wanting to buy a house with me to the point where he asked me to Tory cert, to Tory certain on his district, but then pulled out. I'm sorry, this is your husband now? This is the current husband. That's what it sounds like. He lost his election at the end of 2020. I found out I suffered a miscarriage while having my IUD as birth control. I got it removed as it was broken and switched to the patch. Had an allergic reaction, a slight one where it was itchy all the time and had a slight rash for weeks. But my doctor assured me it was working. April 2021, I found out I was pregnant and he was happy. I was not as much. I really didn't want to have a baby in the pandemic as the rules in where they lived uh, in her opinion, were extreme. He started talking to the me. The rules in every state in the United States were extreme besides Florida. Yeah. Yeah, in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I lived in Florida during the pandemic. Me too. Plandemic. He started talking to me about leaving the area and then moving down to Texas where his dad lived. I love. So I'm willing to bet that they were, they were fleeing a blue state for a red one looking for some freedom because Texas had some freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. I loved my time in Kansas, so I was cool with moving to Texas. He put in a request in the military. He's in the National Guard, so I guess it works a bit differently. He was approved, and we were set to go. We had started really bickering then. I found his ex-girlfriend's phone was connected to his brand new car at one point, and again, I got deflection and excuses. <laughs> that doesn't transfer. No. No, it does not. His ex-girlfriend was in his brand new car with her phone connected to his Bluetooth. Yeah. And you got married to him. That's a massive red flag to me. Massive red flag. And I, I know I'm being over the top and dramatic about it. And like, 
This is why I say these emails are Jerry Springer shit. It really is. Like, how how do you let that slide? Mm, right. You know, when people send us emails, I, I'm expecting to get like, hey, we're having a communication problem because of this subject. I need to know how to talk to him. This is this is where I'm coming from. This is where he's coming from. We need communication issues. No, this is straight Jerry Springer. You're Not, right. I was with a man who almost killed me and my kid, and now I'm finding out his, his, his ex-girlfriend's phone is connected to his Bluetooth. I don't even know where this email is going or what questions she has to like try to figure out, but like there's issues here. Yeah. Uh, these are, these are issues that should have been addressed. I, I would have never accepted a proposal. <laughs> Got down on one knee. Oh, so before I say yes, are we going to talk about your girlfriend? Your no, ex-girlfriend? Did you give this ring to somebody else or was she with you when you helped buy it? Like, did she help <laughs> pick it out? How did this work? Just curious. Come on guys got to pay attention to the way that people treat you you really pay, do. pay attention to actions yeah and if you think that you're not worth more and you're you're unworthy of being treated better why really let me ask you why do you feel like you <clears throat> don't deserve more than that right because somebody told you once through your childhood that you weren't worth that that's somebody else with pain causing pain to somebody else just to have somebody else be miserable in a life with them yep that is unacceptable behavior. There is no excuse for that. That's not, oh, well, I had to pick her up from work because nobody else could give her a ride. I just forgot to mention it. Right. But no, that's that's not how that works either. Bullshit. Yeah. Call, call an Uber. Like, right. You need, here, let me cash up you 30 bucks if you're really that hard up, but I'm not coming to get you. And there is no, me and my ex-girlfriend are still friends. You guys can meet up in separate cars and go to brunch together. Yeah. You don't have to be in the same car connecting your phone to Bluetooth. No. That is a hard no for me. That is a boundary. Mm-hmm. You can still be friends with your ex. You two being in a car alone together is inappropriate when you're married. July 2021, he decided to go visit his dad over the 4th of July weekend. The night before he left, I had this overwhelming urge to look through his phone. Never go through the phone. Just leave. Going through that phone is going to do nothing but hurt your feelings. Even if you don't find what you thought you were going to find... You're going to find something that is ultimately going to upset you. Right. Yeah. If you're looking for it, you will absolutely find it. That's how that works. If there is any type of mistrust or any question of loyalty, searching, finding evidence is not going to do anything but hurt you. Right. If you do not trust your partner, either fix the trust or leave. Yep. He never said I couldn't, but things were really not adding up and starting to nag at me. I did, and ignorance is bliss. I found text messages of him talking to his campaign manager, referring to them sleeping together during the campaign, and him having a relationship with his ex-girlfriend while we were dating. Well, there you go. Called that one. His campaign manager was inviting him to events her husband wouldn't go to. Right. We instantly knew he was cheating. Yeah. Finding out his ex-girlfriend's phone is connected in his car. Brand new car. I, he's cheating. So at that point, all she did was hurt herself yeah. going through the phone. Yep. You already had the red flags. You already had the suspicion. So you act on that suspicion and say either shit needs to get fixed and you need to show me that you are with me or I'm leaving. Right. Heartbroken, I attempted to kick him out. I attempted to kick him out. 
I woke him up and asked him to leave. He cried and we talked about his feelings and agreed to try to make it work. Okay, so if these text messages from a week before you had this conversation with him, he's not sorry. He's sorry you found out and you're hurt by it. Right. If these messages were from the campaign a year and a half ago, then maybe it can be worked on. But if there is fresh evidence that this man just cheated on you a week before you had this conversation with him, I would not have moved out of state with somebody. Yeah. No, there, there could have been there could have been guilt on his part. There could have been remorse. But a lot of that is I'm sure that it would have continued had he not got caught. Right. He went down to Texas. And from the jump, I felt like his father didn't like me. We established a time that I wasn't going to be working so we could tour houses together and I would be able to have an input. And his father changed plans to a point where I really couldn't. He tried showing current husband houses and apartments that were not suited to a family. And later that night we argued. I tried to express how I was feeling, how I was not feeling like a part of this loving process of this moving process. And honestly, I couldn't trust him to have my best interest at heart. And he blocked me over the phone that night. The stress of it all caused some complications in the pregnancy, and I called my mom to come and stay with my daughter as I went to the hospital for bleeding. He never responded. The baby is totally okay. He did give us two scares in this pregnancy. So you could have just lost your baby that night, and because he blocked you on the phone, he would have never known that his child died. Right. Let's let's get to the point where there's questions, because at this point, I'm not seeing anything redeemable or okay. what she could possibly even ask us that we're going to be able to help with. I feel like I'm in a pattern of bad marriages and I'm the common denominator. Can I save this marriage? What do I need to do to be better? Stop picking shitty men. Yeah. You are the common not denominator and that you're picking bad dudes. You should have left when you thought something was going on. Yeah. And then when it was proven something was going on, you should have left. Instead, you moved to another state with him only to have the shit fall apart. Find better men. Work on yourself. Get your self-worth together. Yeah. And then when you get into a relationship with the next person, set boundaries. Yep. I agree with that. The common denominator is your poor decision making. I would have never married that man. Yeah. There's so much in that email. Like, I understand that that we ask for details. Right. Can you hear me okay? I turned my gain down because I could hear you through my microphone. I can hear you. Um. <clears throat> I understand that that people do st- stupid shit for the for the ones that they love mm-hmm. and to be in love and they want what they want. I, I totally get that. Right. What I don't understand is why you would move to another fucking state with somebody that you found out was cheating on you a week ago. Like that's not a loving, securing relationship. She even said she doesn't feel like he has her best interest in the forefront. Right. I could not be with you if I did not feel like my everything was safe with you because you made my safety a priority. Me having a roof over my head equates to my safety. If I felt like you were not trying to find a house for us, I would be losing my damn mind. Right. I I would fall apart. Everything about us would fall apart. There is no foundation if there is no trust of safety. And she still moved to Texas with him. Stop getting married. You're 24 years old. You do, you two two marriages at 24. You don't need to marry every man you meet. No, you don't. Spend time dating people. Spend a lot of time getting to know them and and, and learning their ins and outs and setting your boundaries and 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 finding the acceptable behavior patterns and what you are willing to accept from a partner and what you're not. 
So <clears throat> I was getting ready to ask, do you even know what you want in a relationship? And then I thought, well, traditional. But I'm like, she's even saying, how can I achieve the traditional marriage that he wants? Do you even want a traditional marriage? Hmm. Do you know what you want from a relationship? <clears throat> the um, the idea that we need to be with somebody when you have trauma, like that need mm-hmm. to be with somebody is, is, is a thing for people. It is. And if that's a thing for you, then that's something you might want to explore a little bit. That was me for a while. But you don't need to be with somebody. You can you can dedicate your life to being you mm-hmm. and like learn what oh, this is too low. Am I being too loud? No, I I just could see that you were coming through way on my microphone, and I don't want to talk loud to get to match the the audio. Okay. Um, but twenty five was too low, and thirty is too high, so I'm at twenty eight now to see how that works. But I feel like I sound better. Okay, do you want me to lower my voice? Am I being too loud? No, I just I just saw my... I'm coming through yours too. So it, okay. it, I think it's just the way that we're sitting because your microphone has... The back of it has to be to me mm-hmm. to block a lot of that. Otherwise, I'll come through on the sides. Anyways, um, you need to take the time to explore who you are and what you want. You need to get a journal and start writing down all the things that you will not accept from a man. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, this should go for all of you, right? And I'm, 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 you know, I'm going to go as far to say, not even just from a man. If she has a hard time making boundaries in a relationship, I bet all of her relationships she's just a people pleaser, probably. So you need to sit down and write down what you won't take from anybody. Period. What boundaries you're not going to let cross? How someone's not going to speak to you? This is yeah. This man cheated on you, and you're like, okay. Yeah, it sounds to me that there was a, a horrible fucking childhood, a horrible first marriage, and now a horrible second marriage because you just don't know who you are and what's okay. Mm-hmm. And because you haven't lived a life on your own because you went from living at your parents to living with a dude and getting married and living with another dude, like you haven't spent a lot of time on your own figuring out who you are and what matters to you in life. Right. <clears throat> Get the journal, write down the boundaries, set the expectations, mm-hmm. and then when you start dating, give it six months before you sleep with somebody. Right. Give it a year before you move in with somebody. Take the time to actually date, learn people, learn what makes them work, learn what works for you. Date them in public. Pay attention to the way that they treat other people. Mm-hmm. These are things that matter. And if you if you are self-aware and situationally aware, mm-hmm. you're going to end up with better outcomes because you're actually paying attention to what's going on. Right. She's just got a lot of inexperienced life. And at 24 years old, she's been with somebody her entire life. In one fashion or another. And I think that because of that, she's been used to appeasing other people. And she hasn't been able to really figure out what matters most to her. Mm -hmm. At 24 years old, I got to be honest, you're you're young. Yeah. Like you you haven't even lived a quarter of your life yet if you were basing it on a hundred year lifespan. Yeah. And now she's going to have to do everything you just said while raising kids. Right. That's not easy. No, it's not. Um. You know, I, I know I get dramatic and I say things and I'm like absolutely flabbergasted by some of the things I've read in these emails. It's a very genuine reaction. And I never react in a way. I, a majority of the time, I don't react in a way to shit on somebody. I react the way I do because I'm just so flabbergasted that a human being would be OK with this treatment. Right. The, I'm, and this girl, you're right. She probably has no self-esteem, doesn't think she deserves more than this. And I'm going to go back to the question as to why. Because growing up as a child, a grown adult who had problems of their own projected onto a child, that's not who you are, though. Right. That's who that person was. This person, like you said, needs to figure out who they are. And now because you have kids, it's going to be hard. 
Yep. You're going to go through a lot of really ugly shit. You're going to cry a lot at night when your kids go to bed and you might be single doing it. And it's okay to be single doing it. Yeah. That year where I was single raising my kids was one of the best years of my life. Right. I figured out who I was, what I wanted, what I would accept in a relationship, what I would not tolerate, what I would expect from the person I'm in, I'm in a relationship with. Like, yeah, You learn a lot about yourself when you're alone. Mm-hmm. I figured out the hobbies I enjoy doing, the things that truly make me happy in life. Yep. Because you don't have anybody else influencing your decisions or yeah. telling you it's stupid. And for somebody who had child trauma, um, being told that you're a piece of shit or that you're stupid or that you're not good enough or whatever it is that you're told your entire life, you're going to, you're going to react one of two ways. You're going to get a chip on your shoulder and set out to prove everyone wrong to, to validate who you are, or you're going to accept that that's who you are because that's what you've been told your entire life. And that's how you're going to live. Right. So for people talking about what you were mentioning a minute ago, for people who did hear that and that's how they, they view themselves, it's because of their childhood. It is because of their childhood. But you have a choice to make. Mm-hmm. You can continue to live that way as an adult or you can define your own existence and you can start making changes to better yourself mm-hmm. because no one's going to do it for you. People yeah. can't fix your life. You have to fix your life. And being with somebody is not going to make you feel no. better either. No. Buying a new house isn't going to make you feel better. Having a baby is not going to make you feel better. Getting a new dog is not going to make you feel better. A change in a circumstance is not going to change your mindset. Right. And even in the event that you do find somebody, if you haven't done the work and worked through all this bullshit, you're not going to find a good man and have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. You're going to continue the same cycle of pattern. Yeah. Um, you're going to continue the same pattern of behavior. In the event that you do the work and you start working on yourself and you find a good man and you've gotten rid of this baggage and you start dating someone else, you can look at them as a new, fresh, not the past guys, not my childhood mm-hmm. This is a clean slate. I get to dictate the way this is going to go based off of now experiences, not off of past experiences, because things that have happened to you in the past and the way that people have treated you in your previous relationships are all learning lessons. Yeah. When you get into a new relationship with someone, all that baggage should be left behind. Mm -hmm. You don't need to bring that into your relationship because if you are, you are muddy in a clean house. There's no reason for that. I don't know. You know, when it comes to setting boundaries, if you're worried that your boundaries are going to be too much for a man... When you're with the right man, no boundary is going to be too much. They're going to respect your boundary. Right. I don't want you to cheat on me. You respect that boundary. That's not an astronomical, unfeasible boundary to have in a relationship. If you're with a man and, you're, and you say, I don't want you talking to that chick because you guys are flirting and we're together. And he goes, well, she's just a friend. That's right. not the dude for you. Right. You know, the, the cheating conversation... Um, because I have cheated in past relationships. Mm-hmm. I have been a cheater. I don't, I'm not ashamed of it. It's just the way that things played out. I'm a different right. person now than I was then, whatever. <clears throat> you and I have a relationship that in the event that, because I know, I know why I cheated. And in the event that I needed those things in our relationship, because it was lacking, I would just tell you mm-hmm. because I know that you, I mean enough to you that you are going to try to, satiate whatever it is that I'm missing. My actions show that I'm willing to. Right. So if I need attention or if mm-hmm. I'm not getting enough sexual play or if I had some weird kink, whatever, I, I wouldn't even be ashamed to tell you about it because you'd be like, okay, it is what it is. Try anything one time. Right. Those things matter. Mm-hmm. Knowing that I have enough confidence in who you are as a person to have those conversations decreases the chance of me cheating a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. Because I know that if my needs aren't being met, I can just tell you. And it's not going to be a fight. There's a um, 
an emotional security in that. And and I hate to say I feel safe because that's a, a fucking buzzword. Right. But I and it's not safe. It's not a safety thing. I don't mm-hmm. feel safe in telling you these things. I know that if I tell you these things, the problems are going to get resolved. It's not a matter of feeling safe. Even if even if I thought you were going to judge me and it was going to be a fight, knowing that it will get resolved after the conflict mm-hmm. means that I'm I'm good that I'm we're going to have this conflict. Yeah. Because afterwards it's going to be resolved and we're not going to have a problem anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a very different scenario. So, but that comes down to trust and and what we've established in the time that we dated before we became serious and like the conversations that we've had and the way that we lived our lives. Mm -hmm. There is a, um, I'm going to say that between you and I in the last two years, we've probably read 40 to 50 self-help books. Would you say it's a safe estimate, like a a conservative estimate? Okay. Yeah. I have learned more in the last two years about my communication styles, my emotional traumas, my borderline. Um, when I have chose to not have a backbone in arguments, becoming mm. a shell of a man, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I've learned all, two years, learned oh, yeah. all that shit. You, you've been through a lot. Um, and because of that, and because you've been doing the same thing during the same amount of time, we communicate much differently than anything I've ever experienced. Even in the event that I know I'm going to say something that's going to disappoint you, Mm -hmm. I don't hesitate to say it. Because even if you get mad at me in the moment, you are not going to react. You're going to say, I need a a moment to process this. I have have heard that a lot from you. Right. I also thank you for sharing it with me. Right. I say that every time, even if it upsets me or if it triggers me, it bothers me in any kind of way. I still thank you for telling me because it helps me understand you better. Right. And we grow from it. Mm-hmm. So in the event that I know I'm going to trigger you or I'm going to hurt your feelings or whatever the case may be, I'm going to say this shit anyways, mm-hmm. because I would rather hurt you for 15 minutes and you process and we resolve it. than it become a major blow up that could potentially end our relationship, our marriage and make us hate each other or end up in the roommate phase or resentful or bitter or negative for any reason because I chose to just not say something Mm -hmm. that fear of being able to say something to your partner and the fear of the outcome of what's going to happen is why people lie and cheat and do what they do because they don't have that. They don't have that security in their marriage Right. because of our communication and the way that Mm -hmm. we converse with each other. I don't have that fear. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to hurt your feelings. You're not afraid to hurt my feelings. We've actually had a conversation where I have told you that if you need to be an asshole to say what you need to say to me, then be like, I'm about to be an asshole right now. I don't know how to say this and I'm going to not get defensive. Mm-hmm. Just listen to what you have to say and then repeat it to make sure that I understand so that we can have that conversation so that you're an asshole for five minutes yeah. instead of five fucking weeks and me trying to figure out why you hate me and what's mm-hmm. going on and why I think you're going to abandon me and all the shit that comes along with my brain. I had to deal with five minutes of discomfort. That actually helps me a lot in those asshole moments where I can <clears> just say it to be an asshole. When you repeat it back to me, and if it's wrong, it makes me think of new ways to say it. Right. Because hearing your interpretation of it is going to trigger a different way of like, okay, if that's how it sounds, that's not the direction I want to go. Right. That is essential mm-hmm. to us being able to articulate ourselves the way that we need to articulate ourselves. Yeah. I don't envy people who are afraid to talk to their partners. Mm-mm. And I've been there, so I understand it. I am blessed. Whether you want to call it God or hard work or whatever you want to call it, I am in a very blessed scenario. It's not privilege. There's nothing here that gave me a one-up. I did the work. You Mm -hmm. did the work. 
we are still doing the work. We are still, I have Audible right now. There's six books on communication that I bought in the last two months that I haven't even got to yet. Yeah. I, I, I put those in my earbuds when I drive or mm-hmm. when we're at work or when I'm in the gym by myself. And I, I, am, I am still ingesting to learn and grow. And there's shit in those books that I think is asinine. There are things that is like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I'm not applying this to my life, but there is a gym in every one of those books. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, it, it, and I may not even remember it. I may have it in my brain for a week and then completely forget it. But I still, I still got it. And something will trigger that a moment. I'll be like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right to me. Why doesn't this feel right? And it may rejog that memory, but it still will have my subconscious going, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. What's happening right now can be dealt with. You can figure a way around this instead of blowing up and having an argument. I, I know that we, we preach a lot about learning each other's communication styles. And that's a difficult thing to do because communication can evolve as people evolve. And like, if you are not on good terms, your communication style may change. You can tell somebody that you're happy and playful with some harsh shit Mm -hmm. and it may hurt them a little bit and then you're happy again. But if somebody's super depressed and you say some hurtful shit, it can make them suicidal. You don't know how they're going to respond to that. So that is also an important thing to know. I don't, I don't remember why I brought that up. I had to cut that out. Okay. I I had a point that I was going for with that and Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it was. It's 241. I'm getting hangry. Okay. Well, we have 15 minutes left of this before we hit the three-hour mark. So, 15 minutes. Do you have anything that you want to discuss on this or anything else that we haven't hit yet? Or do you want to just call it and get some food and then sit down and record again? No, we can bullshit for 15 minutes. <sighs> okay. <laughs> then I'm going to look at my notebook and see what else I'd like to talk about because I have notes. Okay. Okay. Uh, it says, overworked and overstressed. Being needed constantly uh, makes hearing and processing your own struggles and feelings harder. So if you are overworked, overstressed, and you feel underappreciated and you've got a lot going on, it is a lot harder for you to process your own shit Mm -hmm. because you don't have the energy for it. You don't have the emotional bandwidth. Um, Your your RAM is used up or whatever, however you want to look at that. Um, it makes it a lot harder for you to digest, process, and move past the things that have happened in your life, which is why we always tell people that you should operate at like 80% and leave that 20% in the tank for your partner. Mm-hmm. But that 20% can also be used for, for you in the event that something happens that you need to work through. Yep. Um, um, <clears throat> so that, that scenario applies to your intimacy. In the event that your intimacy is failing and you feel like this, uh, feeling like that you are overworked, overstressed, and you feel like you're constantly needed to do things, Mm -hmm. your intimacy is going to decline because you don't have enough in your tank to deal with your intimacy. So we know that. We've talked about that at length. Now, we also know that in the event that that happens in your intimacy phase and something happens to you, you don't have enough in you to emotionally process what's happening. So now, months are going to go by where you're going to have suppressed something, not realize you've suppressed it, never worked through it, and it's going to get triggered And it's going to come up again and again and again and again because you haven't done the work to work through whatever it was that happened. Mm -hmm. And that could include not having the energy to simply sit down and have a conversation with your partner about what it was that set you off. These simple things could be as simple as I saw a piece of fruit on the floor that wasn't picked up when you made a shake this morning. Are you really telling me that? Or? No, okay. this, no, no, no. This is made up scenario. Okay. I was like, that's very specific because that just happened. Uh, well, no, the other day when yeah. you thought there was a spider on the floor, yeah, it was a blueberry. Oh, 
I, I picked it up. This wasn't a big deal. Yeah, I was going to fuck with I, it. I heard it you go, it was a spider. And I jumped up immediately thinking it was a spider and picked it up. It was a blueberry. Oh um, my gosh. Thank you for doing that. It, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but if if I saw that blueberry mm-hmm. and thought the kids didn't pick up the fucking mess or you didn't pick up your mess, it could have been me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking blueberry on the floor. I know that if I dropped a blueberry, I'm picking that up. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm picking that up because I don't like shit on the floor. Right. Um, but say that I thought it was you. And I got mad that you didn't pick up the blueberry and and like I needed to say it just so that you needed like I needed you to hear me that I don't like things being on the floor. And could you please just if you see that you drop something, take the extra second to pick it up, throw it in the garbage can. Mm. And I worded it that way because I would have been frustrated in the moment. There would not have been a polite way to say it. Right. I'm frustrated. So now I'm going to I'm going to push that down. That Mm frustration is not getting processed. I didn't get heard. Something else is going to happen. There's going to be a sand spur on the floor or there's going to be an ink pen on the floor. <laughs> and I'm going to see, <laughs> I'm going to see that ink pen and be like, what the fuck? And I'm going to get worked up all over again. So now right. I have two scenarios that have bothered me that I have not been able to address to you and I'm pushing it down. Now, by the time we have the moment to have the conversation, I've been overworked, overstressed, constantly being needed I haven't had the time to express these things. And because now that I get a break, I just want to sit down. I don't want to have the conversation. I want to watch TV. I want to shut my fucking brain off and just exist in silence for the next 45 minutes before we go to bed. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning, not processed any of the bullshit, not had the conversation that needs to be had. And I'm going to see a piece of scrap paper from the kids on the floor. And it's going to trigger that all over again. And that cycle is going to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. And eventually there's going to be so much shit that you're aggravated over in your brain. And when you go to talk about it, you're not going to remember any of it because it is so small and insignificant that you're looking for the big things that are just digging into you. Yeah. And it's not the big things. It's Mm -hmm. the repetitive over and over and over again that you were unable to process because you were feeling those three emotions. Yeah. It's a lot. It is. There's a couple of points I want to make. So the first one is going to be, Am, am I leaving things on the floor? <laughs> are you are no. you feeling bothered? Okay, because no. that was all very very specific. Well, I mean, so. I, I threw my pen for comedy, but right? I, no, no, that was good. I don't. I I will pick something up. Right. That bothers me in the business. Yeah. Because there's so many people there that I know someone else saw that on the floor. Right. I will. I will lose my shit over that. Mm-hmm. Because when you have things on the floor, it looks dirty. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be yeah. a raisin. It could be a piece of paper. It could be a pencil eraser or shavings seeing that shit on the floor gets to me yeah in the house it's not a big deal because it it could be me right and i know that (laughs) there's currently a box and a piece of plastic from first form energy drinks from these Mm -hmm. that i put in the freezer refrigerator um that is on the stove Mm -hmm. i know i did that yeah and if i walked in and saw that i'd be like what the fuck couldn't throw it away i did that Mm -hmm. i know i did that but I also know that we have two kids, a podcast room, a business, multiple employees, taxes, payroll, cars. There's so much shit going on in the house that sometimes that extra five seconds isn't there. Right. Because when I did that this morning, I grabbed my key off the side of the fridge because I have magnets to stick my keys so I don't lose my keys. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I did that, put the plastic in the, the cardboard on there, grabbed the key because you were standing at the front door for us to go walk at the park to do cardio. I was like, I'll do it when I get home. It is now seven hours later and it's still sitting on the stove. Yeah. So I don't get mad about those things in the house. 
outside of the house, those those specific things bother me. Mm-hmm. There are stupid things that happen in the house that get to me, but it's like wet water on the floor. I don't care what's happening. If, if I spill something on the floor, I am cleaning that immediately. Because mm-hmm. if I step in it with socks on, I'm going to lose my shit. Right. I'll lose it on me. Like that. that is a huge like, I can't do that. If I walk through the house and something sticks to my foot or I feel dirt on my feet or my shoe goes, I, I'm going to lose my mind over that. Yeah. Um, so in those, those moments, I will take that extra second to quickly clean and make everybody wait on what's going on. But for the garbage things and things that can just, you know, that can wait, it's not that right. big of a deal. Um, another point I wanted to make in regards to having like 20% saved, even if it's not for interest me, it's to handle something or process something. Right. So lately with doing the podcast, going back to work, finishing my apprenticeship, schooling the kids <laughs> after they get home from school to make sure they're retaining, cleaning, running errands, all that stuff. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm overloaded on things right now. Right. But I'm still making sure I'm putting aside some energy so when we cuddle at night, you and I can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> when the kids break something, I don't lose my damn mind. Right. That that twenty percent is very important, right? And you're still doing things to make you happy, right? And, you know, and and you do that. Like mm-hmm. your gym time is a you thing. That's not an us thing anymore. I mean, I do work out with you still, but most mornings you go out there on your own and train. Mm-hmm. Probably put on Backstreet Boys and and do your shit in there out there with that giant subwoofer speaker thing and, and like I have a good time, right? And that's dope. You come in here and you're happy. You have endorphins. You feel good about yourself. You accomplish something for the day. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of maintaining your twenty percent. I'm willing to bet that if you quit training, you would feel less than 20 percent because you're not taking those moments to to get those victories and those happy happy things for yourself i take my baths you do take your baths you know those things matter you take walks you'll lay in the driveway every once in a while or you sit on the back porch and watercolor paint like Mm -hmm. those small things that you enjoy are absolutely crucial to you maintaining that 20 percent reserve at all times it's like your gaslight yeah you know you you work until your gaslight comes on and you stop Mm -hmm. because you know you only got so much left in the tank you got to Preserve that shit to get to the gas station. Yeah. Gas station is the next day. You know, my cleaning has changed. I used to have five days to clean. Now I have like two and a half to three days, depending on how I manage my time. So I am doing more. My brain just. At random. Like more, more things. It's just throughout the day. Like as you can take care of it kind of thing. Right. So. The other morning I was like, I have to clean our bathroom, clean our bedroom, sweep and mop the bedroom, do the laundry, do the kitchen, clean the kids room and their bedroom. Pretty much the whole house had to be done. And I was like, I have to do all of it today. And I was like, no, I actually really don't have to do it all today. Because if I run through and do the whole house today, I'm going to be frustrated with myself. I'm going to feel like I got nothing else done besides house chores. And I'm going to have to go pick up the kids from school, handle the kids. Because once the kids come home, I no longer get to do what I need to get done. Right. They get my full attention. You can take the load off of your own shoulders. Mm-hmm. Your time management is going to be where you're able to give yourself that free time. Right. That's Prior- Prioritize things. Let me ask you a question. What's up? Um, can I ask you a question? Are you done? Yes. Okay. We both have things that we do outside of this. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and for me, because the record time is a very small part of the podcast, for me, I'm dealing with AJ and Jennifer and editing and marketing and, and trying to do, I'm doing a lot that's not ever seen on camera. Um, which gives you time to do the stuff that you're doing, cleaning, that kind of shit, taking care of the kids, cooking us food, whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're doing, on top of still trying to take care of the businesses, which we both do. There are days, and I, I'm getting to my point, there are days where you're like, I got to do this, 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 and this, and I look at you and go, no, you don't. And you're like, what? I'm like, you don't have to do any of that. We can do whatever we want. 
We don't have to do any of that. The house is not horrible. I don't look around and go, this place is disgusting. If it gets put off for two or three days or even a week, it's not going to be the end of the world. And if it is, I'll help. So in a scenario where, uh, in a scenario where we've put things off and you feel like you've got to do all these things, if something in the house needed to get done and I was too busy to do it and I was like, babe, I've noticed the the floor in the bedroom is, is got spots on it or it's dirty. I feel sand or something in there. Can you clean that? Just take care of that part of the house today. Would you be offended by it if I said it like that? No. Okay. So in our lives, mm-hmm. the way that our life is, you do your spot cleaning throughout the day pretty much consistently. Dishes get done right before you cook and, and like, you know, you, you have your little routine. Mm-hmm. The big cleans that you do, when you do those, I'm grateful for it. Because I know that you're prioritizing your time of the day to do those things. But I also know that if I want to go somewhere with you, mm-hmm. if I want to go take pictures or I want to go to the zoo or, or the movies, whatever, I'm going to be like, don't do that. It's not the end of the world if it doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. I know that it will get done and our house is not filthy. It's, it's clean. It, it's, not, you know, it's not spotless. It's definitely not Pinterest. It could be if we both took one day, this whole house could be fucking spotless. Yeah. But we have two kids. Right. And a business and a full-time podcast and editing. And we still want to have our hobbies and date nights and, and, and you know, movies and dinner time. And mm-hmm. so the priorities are shifting. And like the things that you find super important that you sometimes get overloaded on. I'm like, babe, let it go. We, it's not important to me. It might be important to you because right. you feel like you're not like holding up your end of our agreement or... Mm-hmm. You're not holding up your wifely duties because I've heard you say that to me as well. Yeah. <clears throat> but I've never once felt like you were not doing enough in the house. So much so that I'm like, let's go do this. And you're like, but I, I got it. And I'm like, you really don't. Come on, let's go. I would much rather spend the day with you doing something while we have the time to do it than worry about a clean bathroom. Right. I have been incarcerated. Mm-hmm. I have sat on dirty toilets. It's not the end of the world. The bathroom doesn't get clean. That changes my perspective on things a little bit. Thank you for saying that. Well, and I'm saying that because I, I, I wanted to make sure that in the event that I felt like something was dirty, I could tell you without you getting mad. Right. Because I'm not trying to ever make you feel like you're not doing enough. But I also know that I am the reason sometimes that things don't get clean because my, my time with you matters more to me. Yeah. Then what house looks like? We don't have guests over here. No, we don't <laughs> at all. I, there's like six people that even know where I live. Yeah. And in the event that one of them came over here unannounced, I would send them away. Yeah. Like and hey, you're, you're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. You didn't call me to tell me you were coming over here. You didn't even shoot me a text while you were on the street. You just knocked on my door. Yeah. You can go ahead and walk back to your car and pull out of my driveway and go home. Mm-hmm. You're not welcome here anymore. Unacceptable. Right. So everybody tells me before they're coming over. Mm-hmm. And if I have 15 minutes, I can make the house presentable enough that I need to make it. For me, if I'm uncomfortable, right? There's never once been a time where I was like, "The house is disgusting. I can't can't believe I live here." Mm-hmm. That makes me feel good. So I, I worry about that a lot. <laughs> but now I know that if I felt like something needed to be cleaned, I could just point it out or just do it myself. Like, and I say just do it myself because there have been times where I've done something. You're like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, and, and I that's hear you also. Turn on. <laughs> There was a time I came out of the shower and I thought you turned the vacuum on and I was getting ready to walk out of the bathroom with nothing on. Like, what the fuck are you doing? But I realized it was the vinyl cutter. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we're good. Right. Um, that's funny. I actually <laughs> I actually have ran the vacuum and shit while you were in, in the, the, the bedroom yeah. or in the, the shower because 
it's going to take me two seconds to just hit the thing that I see. I don't need to say anything. I just get it up real quick and, and we can go about our day. You do it while I'm in the shower so I can't say nothing? Uh, well, it? no, it's just, it's one of those things that you're okay. doing something right now. You yeah. are, it, it's no different than me making my errand runs while you're picking the kids up. If I know you are doing something mm-hmm. and you are engaged, I have 10, 15 minutes where you are doing whatever it is that you're doing that I can do something. So whether it's I start the vinyl cutter, I vacuum the floor, mm-hmm. I take the trash out or take it down to the curb or I, um, I don't know, throw away pizza boxes, whatever it is. I do something every time that you take a shower so that it, it is 10 or 15 minutes of something you don't have to do. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. But I also know that if you came out of the shower, the day that I vacuumed up the dirt that was by the front door it was from your Merrells, your shoes. Mm. Um, had I not vacuumed that and you walked out of the bathroom and saw it, you would have wanted to clean the whole fucking living room. And I had shit I wanted to do. So I vacuumed the shit up real quick and put your shoes away on the shelf. No harm, no foul. Nobody ever know. And we went about our day and that was the end of it. <laughs> I love that you did that. <laughs> <laughs> really? Are you going to cry again? A little bit. like you Two know, in one episode? You know me so well. <laughs> this man knew that that dirt would ruin my day. <laughs> and I would spend four hours cleaning the whole living room. Right. For something that took me less than five minutes. Oh my gosh. It, it, that's time management though. And it's also priorities. You have to prioritize right. your partner over everything that includes over cleaning and over <coughs> appointments and, and everything else. I, our time is what keeps our intimacy together. <sighs> Doing dates, driving the scenic loop in the Everglades. Yeah. Those moments is our intimacy that, that, that cultivates and, and, and tills the soil, so to speak. We don't do those things. Eventually there's not going to be enough nutrients in the soil to feed ourselves. I love you. I love you too. Stop that. I can't help it. You love me. Like you could have been like, yeah, I see that dirt and I know she's going to spend three hours cleaning. I'm going to go just sit at my computer. Yeah. But why, why? Like what, what kind of, but there are men who think that way. Like they know that they could clean that up and go do something with their wife, but they leave it anyway. That's why I don't believe that people like each other in relationships. Yeah. I I, I believe that if you would rather sit on the couch and watch TV by yourself Mm -hmm. all the time, then do something with your partner. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Something has happened in your relationship that makes you not enjoy spending time with them. I don't have that. If we're watching TV together, we're watching TV together. I won't even turn the TV on. If I sit in the living room by myself and you're doing something, I don't turn the TV on until you sit down. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get engaged in a movie or caught up in something that's got my attention when you may need my attention. Why would I do that? So that, that you can be like, hey, I need you to do something. Be like, yeah, in a minute. Right. And then we can fight because I'm watching TV and I forgot to get it done. Mm-hmm. TV doesn't matter to me. You matter to me. I don't give a fuck about what's on the television. I do that too. There's I, no reason for that. I really don't turn the TV on unless we're sitting there together. I'm right. watching a movie with the kids or something. Right. And I can always turn my phone off and turn my phone back on if I need to watch TikTok or play my game or whatever. That's usually what we do when we're sitting on the couch by ourselves. Right. Dicking around on our phone until something needs our attention. Yep. Yep. Because we know we can't get engaged in something just in case something does pop up the businesses. Right. Well, it's it's not whatever. even the businesses. I can stop whatever for my businesses. Yeah. I, I, I will put my entire world on a hold when it comes to that. Because mm-hmm. without that, none of this exists. Right. I'm not delusional. I know that. Um, but when it comes to the other things, like if you ask me to take the trash out because you just you've got chicken hands... And I know that I'm watching TV and I'm like, yeah, I'll do it in a minute. Yeah. And the trash can is full. And then I come in here 45 minutes later after dinner's made and the kids have scraped food in the garbage can and the lid won't close on the garbage can and the bag is too heavy and now the bag rips and now there's juice dripping on the floor. 
I'm going to have a fucking meltdown Mm -hmm. because everybody overfilled the garbage can. And who can I get mad at at that? Because you were like, hey, can you take the garbage out? You know what I mean? Like that's my, I I understand my processes and how to avoid things like that, Mm -hmm. which is why I don't procrastinate when you ask me to do something because we both know because it's happened. If you ask me to do something, water in the fridge. Yeah. If I don't stop what I'm doing right now and do it, I'm not going to remember. Mm -hmm. I'm not. And the one time that it happened, I was the asshole because there was no cold water for you to have a protein shake. I'll never forget that. And to clarify, I wasn't a bitch about it. <clears throat> no, you weren't. Yeah. You were like, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll do this. I was like, we have milk, you know, I go get water, whatever. Um, but it was my fault. And I recognized that it was my fault. And I felt bad because I dropped the ball on it. Granted, I was in the middle of something when you asked me to do that. Mm-hmm. It was very hard in the moment for me to stop what I was doing to get to the water. And I truly believe that I would do that. But by the time I finished what I was working on and got to the next thing and the next thing I, you walked in the door and I, Totally even forgot you asked me to put water in the fridge. Well, if you were in the middle of something, you should have told me that. I could have messaged you in like 15 minutes be like, hey, the water. Yeah, that is definitely an answer to that scenario. Yeah. But that's not what I was thinking at the time. I know, but now going forward, if you're in the middle of something and I say, hey, can you do this? Say, I'm in the middle of it. Remind me in 10 minutes. Right. Those, those reminders are necessary for me. I yeah. live my life on a schedule on my phone. If I have an appointment tomorrow and I don't put it in my phone, I'm not going to remember. I've been hitting the head a lot in my life. It's also the kind of thing where now I know if you're looking at your phone and I ask you to do something, I should text you in 10 minutes right. just in case. Well, you also know now, you've learned at this point that if I've got my phone in my hand, based off the look on my face, you can tell whether or not I'm working. Yeah. And I can always tell because when I am working, you you will start to interrupt me and then you'll stop and be like, I'll wait till you're done. Mm-hmm. And if I'm doing TikTok or I'm doing something stupid, you'll just interrupt me because you know it's not <laughs> it's not relevant. Yeah. But you can tell by my demeanor, demeanor if I'm working. I'm a very different person when, when it's time to, to grind than I am when I'm just living my life because I am very focused on what I'm accomplishing. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to step away from the computer while editing video that I know I can control S and walk away from because it'll still be there when I come back to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm a, I am I have that fear in my mind that, okay, it's Friday. I have to have this done and submitted to AJ by Sunday. And if it's not done by Sunday, it's not going to get onto the podcast site on time on Monday. It's Friday. It yeah. takes me four hours to edit this. Can I put it off until Sunday? Absolutely. Am I going to? No. No. <laughs> because what's going to happen Sunday if I have a kidney stone? And I can't work on the computer or I end up in the hospital or we have to go to Tennessee because whatever. There's an emergency at the shop. Right. You have to be there. I can't do that because I feel like an asshole on something as simple as we missed a Monday 9 a.m. deadline for our podcast release. Yeah. Is, is that going to be the end of the world? <laughs> what you- I was, that's driving me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Um, I, I, need I don't, to play I don't with. know if you see me like this is perfectly straight all the way down. <laughs> and I don't have this big fat loop. I'm face. constantly like I'll see it out of the corner of my eye and it'll be pushed like this. And I'll, I'll sit here and I'll, I'll straighten it all the way down so that it's perfectly in the middle. What does that say about us as people? And I look over and you're like, brah, 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 brah. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop it. Straighten it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know. This was perfectly straight. I know because I put it there and I straightened it out and I even thought about taping it so that it couldn't move. But then I thought, well, what if we have to extend it too far and it gets tight? And I didn't. And God, I wish I would have taped it down. <laughs> it's making me uncomfortable. 
<laughs> that's, I, that's three hours of actual record time. I know it'll be less than three hours when we post it, but we can call it a day and I can fix your cable. <laughs> you know, I loosened this a couple of days ago and I've been doing it. And I was even thinking, I was like, you know what? I, I wonder if that quote, if it was like tight for a reason. <laughs> All right, let's call it. Let's okay. order some some lunch. Take like a hour break, mm-hmm. and then get into another episode. We'll do a sideshow. Okay. You good? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was a lot of laughter. I take it. Yeah. You're teary eyed and very flush. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. For those of you who enjoy our content and would like to support us and help grow the channel, the easiest way to do that is a super chat here on YouTube. For those of you who really really like the content and would like to see more of it, check out our Patreon group. It gets exclusive content that will never be seen here on YouTube, early release stuff for those of you who are just as impatient as I am, as well as live streams with a live chat every Friday night. If you can't afford to do either one of those or you're just not into that, the next best thing that you can do is share this with people who you feel may vibe with it. No matter how you decide to support us, it's super dope and we thank you.